All right, so we're going to be playing Ten Candles tonight, which is by Stephen Dewey. And this game's a few years old, but we're going to be all... Well, Gretchen and I have played once before, but to these other three folks here, Greg, Brian, Bianca, are new to Ten Candles. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, play this tonight. And the first thing that we're going to do here is we are going to do character creation. And that starts with writing down traits. Before we get into that, though, Greg, I'm going to ask you to light three candles, please. So traits are one-word descriptive adjectives that define who a character is. So every character has two traits, a vice and a virtue. Virtues represent a trait which a character is proud of or that is otherwise helpful or positive. Virtues should solve more problems than they create. Vices represent a trait that the character is ashamed of, an addiction, something they deal with, or something they fight against. And vices should create more problems than they solve. So take one card for each, for each, for a vice and a virtue. And write one vice and one virtue. And at the top of the card, too, just write a little bit smaller, like write vice and virtue, so that way that it's clear what it is that you're writing. So make sure to write the vice and the virtue itself kind of big because you know you got to think about that the light is going to get darker and darker and you want it to be able to be easily one on, one on each card. You, one, one says vice and one says virtue. Mm -hmm. not, not virtue not. is spelled V-I-R-T-U-E. Got it. <laughs> Greg spelled good. Well. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, so some examples of virtues would be like lucky, resourceful, daring, strong. Those would be some good virtues. And, you know, it's kind of a one-word thing. An example of a vice would be afraid, greedy, naive, controlling, compulsive. That's not a vice. Don't write that. <laughs> And again, we're keeping these kind of simple because you want them to be able to be easily played, like, mm. and offer lots of opportunity to be useful. I wonder if I spelled that right. <laughs> courage. Courageous. Uh, oh, you're just fancy with courageous. C O U R A G. I did it. U S. Yes. All right. So everybody got yours. Oh no, we're waiting on Greg to do a vice. I got a vice. Oh. Ooh. Afraid, greedy, regretful, addicted, naive, controlling, worrisome, compulsive, claustrophobic, and rash are the examples that are given in the book. Man, claustrophobic isn't a vice. That's a that's a like, that's a mental health issue. Wow. Well, oh my God, it's my anxiety is a vice. Unless you want to be too. My depression's a vice. <laughs> well, it says a trait that a character is ashamed of, an addiction, something they deal with, or something they fight against. So, oh, yeah, okay. it fits into that. Hmm. Okay, that could work. Mm. What's that list again? Just read off that <clears throat> list. I'm trying to. Sure. Uh, 
Afraid, greedy, regretful, addicted, naive, controlling, worrisome, compulsive, claustrophobic, and rash. Okay, so once these all been written, you will pass the virtue that you've written to the player sitting on your right. My right. And you will pass the vice that you've written to the person playing on your left. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Miyaka just handed me to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Honest and aggressive. Like actual, that actual is Gretchen. pretty much Gretchen. Honest yeah. and aggressive. Okay, so you've got those now. And Sorry. So, traits are essentially a... These to sort of define your character. So you want to think about these as defining who you're... You know, defining your character. Um, you don't... The cards can be played at a certain point. They can be burned. Your traits can be burned at certain points during the game, and that can help you succeed at an action. So I'll give you an example here. So using traits, after you roll to resolve a conflict, if one of your traits is active, and we'll talk about how they become active, you may choose to burn it in order to re-roll all dice that landed on one. If a trait is burned to do this, it must be brought into the resulting conflict narration in some significant way. For example, you might describe a virtue assisting your character in overcoming a challenge, while a vice might be triggered as the result of it, bringing on a whole new set of problems to deal with. You cannot burn both your virtue and vice in the same scene. So just kind of think about that, and, um, and we'll sort of describe how you bring them into play. Okay, so now I'm going to introduce the module that we're going to play tonight, which is called Dead Radio. No one is coming. Not anymore. The radio has gone dead, and you're on your own now. There's only one person left. There's only one option left. Fort Victor. All the chatter on the radio seemed to imply that Victor is the place to be. But you're a good hour out, over the river and through the woods. Literally. Everyone else has packed up and left by now. The town hall's fallout shelter is slim pickings. Not enough food to last the next few days, not to mention the fact that the generator's been acting up. Maybe a few supplies could be scavenged, but one thing's for sure, it's time to leave. So the goal is to discover what has become of the military forces at Fort Victor. Are you okay not taking notes? Are you going to be all right? <laughs> so, and I want to also mention these two basic ideas, too, is that ten days ago the world went dark, and five days ago they came. Got it. We'll define okay. what they is Contact. later. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now take another, everybody take another index card, and we're going to create concepts. We're essentially making our character now. So this is the basic concept for your character. You want to have a name, a look, what do they look like at a quick glance, and a concept. In a few words, who are they and what are they? So they're supposed to be a snapshot. You don't have to get into a ton of detail. So here's like one, here's a couple of examples. Andrew Litwell, mid-40s, salt and pepper hair with long black coat, retired lawyer. That would be an example of a, of a character. 
or William Billy Kale, nine-year-old with a bright face and dark eyes, just a kid. So a couple of examples there that you can use. So it's name, look, and concept that you kind of want to get in there, but you don't have to write it in that way. This is more for you than it is for anybody else. And note, of course, that we'll like define what the more the details of the character as the game is played. In a way, you discover who the character is as the game is played. That's how you do stuff. So next thing, we're going to take another card, and you're going to create a moment for your character. Brian, light three more candles. detail a personal scene or event that will be played out for each character at some point during the session. Significantly, in living this moment, a character will have the opportunity to find hope. You might find this hope in an act of heroism, in solving a mystery about them or the sunless sky, in completing a goal, in reaching an area of safe haven, or in some other accomplishment. To establish moments, each player should take another index card and write down, I will find hope at the top, then fill in the rest with a moment for your character. Now this doesn't need to be overly descriptive. You want to give plenty of opportunity to find the moment. So here are some examples. So I will find hope, and here are a few examples. In a moment of prayer at a quiet church, when one of them lies dead at my feet, when the truth of the sky is revealed to me, when I find my sister dead or alive, in the contents of my stash back home, when the fallout shelter's door closes. So those are some examples that you can use to break 
off of, but don't feel like you need to use any of those specifically. You know what the module is going to be, so think about in terms of something that you might encounter on the way. And we write the, the bad thing, too. Or do we just write the good thing? I will find... Like, I will find hope with this positive thing, but then... No, so... What, what, what can happen is, is that when you get to that moment, the thing that you're hoping to find hope for, if you fail, okay. then you it, that hope is disrupted or broken in some way or another. That's like the motivation. Mm-hmm. Character's motivation. Yeah, so like maybe you find a moment of prayer at a quiet church and you fail, and so one of them breaks through the windows and starts smashing into the windows and you don't gain hope because you don't have the moment of prayer that you were looking for, just in that particular example. So, you know, think about it. You're, you're at the fallout shelter to start at Fort, um, at the town hall's fallout shelter and you're going to be dra- uh, traveling to Fort Victor. So in between here and there... What are some things that you might find hope in along the way? And keep in mind, this is an opportunity for you to tell part of your story. Like, this is very collaborative. So, don't be fearful of what it might be. It's interesting, because my last, like, description that describes him, I'm like, oh, that feeds, like, right into this. I think. Ooh. Ooh. I hope I pass that one. Let's pass that one. So, and hope <clears throat> relates to the die that you have in front of you. Okay. If when you if if when your moment is played out, and you succeed at and you find hope, if you succeed in that particular conflict, you get to add that die to your dice pool whenever you roll from then on. And that's just for you. So it becomes a special die. And actually succeeds at a more at a higher level of frequency and it's much, much harder to lose. Okay, so um, everybody got your moments? Alright, why don't you all tell me what your moments are? So I will find hope amongst my found group of friends. Okay. I feel like I need the backstory to him to say it, but uh, just saying, yeah. Reconnecting with fellow troopers. So he's an ex-military. Was kicked out. Oh. Now has long hair. Nice. Now has long hair, and and, uh, and he with the regretful thing. Yeah. Maybe like he either did something to like get kicked out of the military. Or well, we will find out that. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you, Bianca? Uh, I will find hope when I find my adoptive father dead or alive. Ooh. Deep. <laughs> when I find a cat friend. Cat friend. <laughs> okay. Cat I'm friend. like a crazy cat lady. Come on. Oh, oh no. How, yeah, so like, how old's the crazy cat lady? Elderly. Okay. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. This is, this cool. is going to be interesting. Grumpy old lady. Okay, so Bianca, light three more candles. Getting close to having all of the candles lit here now. Okay. Let's wait. Push it up. Oh. Child. There we go. Adult proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kids can get it all day long. <coughs> okay. So yeah. There we go. 
Come on. earlier today. Catch. I I, Catch. I saw Lincoln run by me, and he had that lighter in his hands. And I was like, and then I see the drawers open. Oh, I was wondering how all that yeah. stuff was yeah. sitting down. I was like, oh boy. We're going to have to rebuild the back end of the house. All right, so <laughs> at this point, everybody should kind of have a good idea of the characters at the table. So why don't we just go ahead and sort of describe describe your character. Let's go ahead and everybody can kind of describe your character. Um, why don't we, we'll start with you, Greg. No, we'll start with Crazy Cat Lady, Greg. Here we we've, go. Been going in, we've been going in a clockwise direction, we'll counterclockwise this time. All right, so Belinda Johnson is in her late 70s, and she's got some kind of scraggly white hair and a slight stoop when she moves. Um, and she also wears lots of, like, a baggy camo outfit um, with a jeweled cat head pin. Her name is Belinda? Mm-hmm. And uh, she is... A bit on the sassy side, but you can sure as hell bet she'll tell you it like it is. All right, and Bianca, <laughs> should we try to stick to, to just the facts on the on the for the, the most part? part yeah, okay. and you could give oh. a tiny bit more detail if you want, but mostly okay. just the facts. Uh, this is Melinda, uh, Matt, not Melinda, uh, Madeline Tucker. She's 17, she's pale, she's underfed. She always she's practically swimming in an old army jacket. Um doesn't flannel and jeans and stuff. She's basically a thrill seeker kind of junkie. She's always on skateboards and bikes and doing crazy stupid stuff. All right, that's good. That's enough. That's yeah. enough there. Okay. And what about you? So, uh John, age 30, ex-military. He was kicked out for something. Six foot two, long, and has long hair now. He's been living in the woods for quite a while, mm-hmm. and um, and but comes in the town. Okay, and, uh, and then Greg, uh, James Burris is a young college kid who is a track athlete or is still thinks he is, and a big circle of friends, very outgoing, and uh, he's kind of really obsessed with his health and how he maintains himself. Mm. All right, so... Is he a dancer? <clears throat> He's a track athlete. All right, so we are going to now choose our final card item, and that's a brink. So everybody should have their fifth card now. Uh-oh. And... So, it's much like... Writing a brink is like writing a trait, but it's... Instead of describing what a character, who the character is, it's describing what they're capable of. So I'm going to read this. Rather than representing the character as they are, Brinks are hidden traits which show what the character may become when pushed to the edge of fear, hopelessness, and desperation. When everything else has burned away, a character's Brink is their last dark refuge. Whether a character will embrace their brink or eschew its temptations and refuse to give up hope is each player's decision to make. But in the shadows of the apocalypse, even the strong may give in to the darkness before inevitably realizing what they have become, and more importantly, what they have sacrificed. So, let me... Um, these do get passed to another player. So you're writing... A brink for someone else, and I want to make sure I get this right here. Mm. Okay, so you will make a brink for the character, the person to your left. 
And the brink is written like this. You write, I've seen you. And then you fill in the brink. And that means two things. You who are writing it know the brink of the person who you're passing it to. Hold on a second, Gretchen. You're going to do something special. Huh? <laughs> and you're the only two who know it. This is one we're not going to say out loud. So this is a secret. Um, so I've you've seen... So James has seen John do something. John has seen... <clears throat> Madeline. Madeline. Madeline has seen, seen Belinda. Belinda. Belinda has seen them. So Belinda has a special uh, brink that she writes, and she's and you're gonna write. I've seen them, I, and you're going to. I have seen them, and then you're gonna fill in the blank. You have to. Fill in something that either establishes a strength, a power, or identity. It cannot be a weakness. Um, them has only one weakness, and that's the light. And I am going to write a brink for you. And it's going to be, they have seen you. Oh, no. So these are the, oh. these are the whatever the really babies. there? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. And again, the brink's like not... Like, I keep thinking of like a breaking point in something, but it's just... It can like, be the breaking point. Okay. So we're going to create our stacks of cards, and you have to play the stacks in the order that they're in. But the brink has to be the last card. Gotcha. Because it's probably going to be something that narratively would be pretty steep. So And it, I mean, it can be kind of specific because we know the character. It can be kind of specific to that character. Not super, but. Would it be something like I've seen you bribe a cop to look the other way, or I've seen you shoot someone in cold blood, or I've seen. It can you... be that. It can be that stuff. Mm -hmm. It can be that kind of stuff. You want it to be pretty broad, though, again, because the more broad, the better it is for the storytelling aspect because we want to be able to work it into the story so okay. um like you mentioned i've seen you kill a man like that's a really that's a nice broad choice because it's like it doesn't matter what scenario you were in that's pretty big deal you know what i mean so it's like it's really easy to mix it in but you can also think of what the scenario that we're playing is that scenario offers you opportunity. So you know you're going to be going to a military base. Mm -hmm. You know you're going to be traveling in the woods and there's going to be that kind of environment. Ooh. Do I give you this one? Do we, we go dark? We go dark. Yeah, you can. Well, it is 10 candles. It's going to get dark soon. It's going to get here. dark. Yep. And candles don't burn no, forever. What, what in the I world like did that. you see John do? Because... John oh, is yeah. rife with possibilities. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. oh God. Ooh, I'm, I'm trying to think one, of what Crazy Cat dark. Lady did. <laughs> what did Crazy Cat Lady do? Yeah. <laughs> Could be anything. And yeah, of course, tuning it, attuning it slightly to what you know about the character you're writing it for is also really nice. That's a really nice thing to, uh, a nice way to kind of.
You'll this so this I should note this that every game of ten candles at every table is going to be different because it's going to relate to the players that are playing at the table. All of us have played many games together, so it's going to be based on it's going to be tonally based on us and how we play games. So there's nothing we we can't we're not doing this we can't do it wrong, right? Yeah. All right. So has everybody passed their mm -hmm. their cards mm -hmm. away? Mm -hmm. Cards mm -hmm. along. Okay. So next thing we're going to do is we're going to arrange our stacks. Okay. So, you can't play a card unless it's on the top of your stack. Oh, okay. Okay? So, you want to arrange your stack in any order, except for a brink must be at the bottom. Got it. So, it means... Oh, that, that, yeah, that's to the side. You keep that out. Yeah, keep that oh, okay. out to the side. Okay, so the concept just stay. Yeah, concept of your character stays to the side. That's just a reminder for yourself, just to kind of keep yourself in order. So basically, you can choose which order Virtue, Vice, and Moment. That's right. And no more than one person can have the moment on the top to start. I do not have my moment on top. Uh, I have my moment on top. Okay. There you go. Well, you yeah, have your works. moment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We've arranged a stack. Okay, so your characters begin play with whatever you specifically have in your pockets right now. Ooh. That's it? Your phone? Yep. Okay. My god, I, that looks like a piece of <laughs> chocolate. I need a piece of chocolate. You have a tissue? I have a tissue. It's funny, it took off my knife and my... Yeah, that's a piece of chocolate. I got a piece of chocolate. That's good rations, though. That's good rations. Got a whole month. Do you have a tissue. Do you have cat lady pants on right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's even better. Yes. Can I say my tissue is monogrammed? <laughs> is your tissue monogrammed? No. He's just saying that answers the question, doesn't it? No. Okay, Gretchen, <laughs> light the final candle. All right, my turn to shine. My time to shine. Oh, I see what you did there. Nice. Okay, so you've all been in the town hall's fallout shelter, and Fort Victor is um, sort of in your sights, uh, in your mindset, as food has been um, running low. And for the last couple of days, the generator has been sort of flickering on and off, blinking, um, sometimes going off long enough that you think it's not going to come back on, and everything sort of goes quiet except for Alexa music off. 
<laughs> Everything um, sort of goes quiet in those moments, and you find that you know you're hearing the sound of your you and your companions breathing, or maybe the creak of of a chair that somebody's sitting in, or um, or somebody moving across the room. But then you seem to every now and then hear other sounds outside sounds sounds that make you imagine them and who they might be and after a particularly long stretch of the the lights flickering out once more from the generator dying you come to realize that it's time to leave the fallout shelter in the town hall food is running very scarce powers sure to run out soon and um, it's been sputtering what would you like to do okay so so um how how, how far is um um fort victor from here so it was about an hour or a couple wasn't it yeah, so a if you go down to the old petrol station down the road and you swing a left and you go past old Mr. Barkley's house in the barn and you go further down that road for about 45 minutes or so, it's it's right down there. That's the fastest way. Okay, so for, for 45 minutes. Okay. Well, I mean, well, once you get to Mr. Barkley's farm, it's, oh, it's so far. it's more like an hour. It's a faster okay. way through Which, the woods, but I don't know if you want to take that take that route. Well, shit. I mean, if it gets us there faster. If we can, we 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 just grab all the funnings and all the all the canned stuff and just just shove it in our pockets and go. Why would you eat the? No, don't eat the funnings. That's horrible for you. It's Uh, that's all that's left. You have to make some hard choices. So yeah, I mean, like food. We gotta get there. And oh, my old bones! Is is that path through the forest gonna be okay for my my joints? They're aching. There might be a storm coming. Mm, probably uh. not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shit. I'm just whatever. Like if it can get us to Fort Victor, because like the it's the military. They're gonna have a whole bunch of shit. Let's just. Just grab what we got. See if there's any anything that we can use. Maybe I don't know some kind of weapon or something, just in case something happens. And then, uh, and then we can head out. Who's seen the threat we're facing? Oh shit! Not me, man. I would have just. I would have, like, thrown hands and made them skateboard at it, but, you know. I mean, just the noises that we hear outside, but I I haven't seen anything. I've just heard it get really, really extra quiet in the woods, so I knew. Like, extra quiet as in in good, or? It was good for me, but probably not good for all the people's cars that stopped Dorothy. Mm-hmm. There's also like animals so, and stuff. I mean, aren't they in the woods? They're yeah, they're fine. 
Mm. Okay. All right, well, I, I realize can... I forgot to do one thing mm. before we got going here. Uh-oh. Oh, that's Greg's phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to see what happened there. <laughs> so before you get moving... going to record one final message to the outside world before the power runs out. <clears throat> you have an opportunity before you head out of the fallout shelter to leave one last digital message. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to let all this stuff come through here. And we'll go ahead and pass this around clockwise. So you want to make sure you introduce yourself as your character, speaking in character, leaving one last final message before the power goes out. Is this record? Is it on? It's, mm -hmm. um, this is James Burris. I guess we're about to to leave the fallout shelter. And I, I mean, I just... I, I don't really know what to do. I mean, I was just in college like a week ago and just, I, I just wanted to go back to me running with my friends and just, I, I'm not, I don't know what to, I just don't know. I don't know. And I hear it. I hear it outside and we'll be, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. All right. This is John. My last name is uh, being disavowed at the moment. But to the fellow members of the 46th, I wish you well. I'm Maddie. Maddie Tucker. Ben Tucker is my dad. If you hear this, fuck him. Fuck everything. Screw him, kill him, and make it hurt. <laughs> but Linda Johnson here, and you know, we might not go on, but life will go on. Okay, <clears throat> so you're in the fallout shelter and the lights flicker off for the last time as you finish up the recording. What would you like to do? You're now in the darkness. In the... Fuck, 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 fuck. Ooh, my phone doesn't have that much. She's and and looking for oh. food supplies stuff. We need to get I've, them. All right, I roll, have, um, I'm going to roll a challenge for that, I Bianca. Have. So go ahead and roll uh, these ten dice. The way it works is you start with the pool of dice equal to the amount of candles that you have out. So you have ten dice. Oops. You need to roll at least one six to succeed. But every one that you roll, you, you lose that die from the pool for this round. 
Gotcha. Uh, do I roll in the bowl? No, just, the bowl no. is for burning. Oh, gotcha. There's at least one six, two, two sixes. How many... What's a fail? A one? There is nothing that fails. As long as you roll a six, you succeed. Any ones, you have to remove those dice from the stack, though. Okay, so one and one. Like forever? Yeah, uh, yep. for now. For okay. now. So these dice now become my dice. So the next time that we roll, I will roll these. If I roll more sixes than you do, I get narrative control. Obviously, I had no dice this time, so Bianca, or I should say Maddie, has narrative control. So you pull out your phone, and in fact, it does have enough power to light the fallout shelter. You begin to look around, and you can see some supplies. But what do you see, actually? What do you see in the lights? What's in the what's left in the fallout shelter before you head out? Okay. Oh, cool. There's a crowbar. That's nice and lightweight. Okay. Is that a gas can? Mm. You can grab it. Oh. Uh, a couple snacks. It's the funions. <sighs> I'll I'll go ahead and throw myself on that grenade for you. Um, the protein bars. Mmm. She she breakfast through. Oh hey, two of them. There you go. Okay. Okay. Why? Why do these people suck? Where is all the other shit? Fuck it. We've got crowbar. We've got funions. Let's go. She'll turn off the. <laughs> she'll turn off the flashlight in order to save power. Anybody else? Bueller, Bueller. We'll see if it works the next time you turn it back on. <laughs> All right. So you head out of the fallout shelter with the with the goods that you were able to gather. And outside, um, as as Belinda had predicted, there's um, sort of some booming thunder. And although there is something ominous about an approaching storm, it does provide you with a bit of light. There are no stars in the sky or moon that's illuminating the, the, out at the exterior of the building um, and beyond, but the occasional explosions of lightning in the distance and the rolling thunder that comes after um, does illuminate the surroundings. And you can see, it's been a few days since you've been out here. Um, the town is, is a bit of a ghost town. You can see um, there's a couple of cars out on the street, but they're sort of parked at odd angles. Um, a few of them seem to have had their windows smashed. You can see as the lightning illuminates the streets. Um, there is a bit of a cold wind in spite of the summer temperatures, um, in, some, in spite of the summer time of year that's kind of going down the, the street. Um, since there's no sun to warm the planet, it seems now. Um, so you kind of step out in that area and everything looks abandoned. And you can see some of the, the, the shops that were in sort of the downtown area are our, you know, windows broken in and just a few 
looking like um, you know a few cars parked askew here and there. Got the gas can. Maybe they ran out of gas. Try one of the cars. Yeah. I mean, that'd be the quickest because I mean we can go through the woods, but the uh, car would be fast. If we can go to uh, that farm. Wait, wait, Mr. Barkley's farm. Farm, yeah. Yeah, Barkley's just down the road. Okay, so yeah, we told you I felt the storm coming. Ooh, just feel it in my bones. But on the plus side, you know, none of you might be old enough to ever feel that, so that's a bonus. Well, Nana, if we can get you into a car, then we can. I'm not your Nana! Oh, okay. I'm trying to be polite. Don't oh, call me Nana. Fucking old dad. <laughs> so let's, okay, let's grab a. Okay, so let's try to find a car that's not. A little uh, short. Well, we can. Uh, let, let's let's find a car, and see what we got. Oh, oh. Okay, maybe not one that's all dinged up or something. That van over there looks pretty good. Uh, well, fuck it. Let's try it. Go over to the van. Okay. Hello? You gonna eat me? No? Good? Fuck you. And, and she she tries to open the door. Teenagers. Alright, make another respect. make another um conflict roll here. Oh shit. Oh no. What'd you do? Uh, I do not have What'd a six. I have two ones though. Um well, I don't believe that this is a time for your moment, and that's the one that's on top right now. Yep, <laughs> definitely not. Okay, so, um, let's see here. You go over to the car, and you pull it open, and this absolutely torn apart body falls out of the doorway. Oh, shit! Just making you sick as soon as you see it. It just collapses onto the ground. It's days old. You can smell the stink of it. All of you can just smell the stink because it wops out. Alright, and extinguish a candle. Just one. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> it takes out like five. <laughs> These things are true. It is dark. And we'll establish truths. And you can establish nine truths. Eight truths are what you describe, what you say. Um, and they can be small things, you know, you just sort of describe some truths of the world that you are in. But the last truth will always be the same. And we are alive. When you get to the final truth, you all say that simultaneously. So, Maddie, you start with the first truth. After that scene has happened. Oh, man. Uh, I still got supplies. The Funyuns and the Crowbar. God, I'm not eating. And the gas can. Does it count as thunder? Like multiple? 
That'd be one. So you, okay. you, you, um, you're still, you still have all of your supplies. Mm -hmm. Belinda. They whisper your regrets to you in your thoughts. What? Are these actual truths or things that we think are true? Generally speaking, these are going to be things that are true about the world around you. That you're in. So it could be... I'll give you a couple of examples. So like maybe a truth could be... Um, I found a... A brand new pair of running shoes. Or we left town and we found a bicycle built for two. Or something along those lines. Or you can go real dark. Uh, yeah, you think, like <laughs> someone else here. <laughs> name again. This is the third truth. This is the third, and this is on me. Uh oh. I don't know. Oh my god. Okay. I can just make it up. Mm hmm. A truth about the world. My. My friends said that uh, they would be back. They would always come back. Okay. The world used to be extremely noisy, and now it's very, very quiet. Bianca, it's back to you. Can we say a truth about them, or just, or just about the the world itself? You can say some truths about them, yeah. You could also say really mundane truths, like... I find a gun in the underneath the body that fell out of the car, or something along those lines. Whatever you choose. I see a light flickering in the distance. It can be something like that. These maggots on this dead dude are really creepy. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. People in their panic to flee them often leave an abundance of supplies. Okay. Those are similar to mine. Um... radio batteries that we have are still working. The, the radios with batteries that we have are still working. Okay. I have a fort in the center of the woods with supplies. Do I tell the others? Alright, so you... Oh, and then 
Was that is that eight? That was eight. That was eight. eight. Okay, yeah. so ninth. Nine. Is the ninth is where you all say together. And we, and we are, are alive. alive. We go. All right, so the <clears throat> you unfortunately checked a few of the other cars that were around and none of them were you didn't get any of them running. So you started your trip through the woods. It seemed as though as that John kind of took a bit of the lead. Moving through the woods seems very comfortable within the woods. Some of you know that he has spent some time out here in the woods. And you know that um, there's a river that you have to kind of cross over. And it's not usually been a problem before. But it's been several days since you've made the journey. And as you begin to approach the river, that quiet, which you had been so used to, starts to be disrupted by the sound of loud, flowing water. And you see the river is just totally engorged and overrun. It's completely flooded over. And you, only, you can only presume that the, the, the dam that held this river to sort of a lower level must have given way at some point over the last, since it went dark. What would you like to do? Do you just at this point that maybe we walk back towards the road and pass over the road over the, the bridge that crosses this river and then immediately get back into the woods so we're not seen on this on the road do you think the bridge is still going to be there i mean look at the river it's That's good it's yeah maybe i mean oh god oh what's that smell <coughs> oh it doesn't smell like that dead dude oh that was dumb Oh, you're gonna teenagers. be you're gonna be okay to to head over to the to what? The, how far is the bridge from here? You're gonna be okay with that bad smell. Yeah, yeah, lady. Well, we just entered the woods, so the the bridge shouldn't be too far. Okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. Because it's 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 not one of those. It's not like. A, Big river, right? It's not like one of those ridges that like no, breaks up. No, no, no boats are going through this. Okay, well, I mean, before everything went to shit. So, yeah. Okay, so. Well, I think we should just keep moving. Okay. Belinda turns and starts heading off in the direction of the bridge. She's lived here her whole life. She knows where it is. I follow after the lady. Do, do you have one of those protein bars that I could have? I'm I'm feeling hungry, and I just I don't want to. Oh, honey, you start. might be feeling hungry, but I'm pretty sure you can wait. I, no, I need need to eat. I just I'm feeling really just weak, and I I need energy. I just I just can't. I I have to eat. I just. Okay, well maybe a 
it's good that one of us stays with a little bit more muscle. You know, it's good. It's good eating. Well, that's creepy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you begin to walk along the engorged riverbed and up to where you recall the the road, which is, you know, you've kind of delved into the forest now enough that the road's probably maybe a quarter, not, not quite a half a mile, but probably a little more than a quarter mile. And you start moving along the, the road and, or the, the, the river. And you're sort of following game trails and trying to keep your keep yourself um, along that. And and although the river is making a lot of noise, you're not hearing the sound of any insects or animals or night birds or anything like that. In fact, it could be day. You kind of think about it. You've sort of lost track of time. But because the lights went out, it's really impossible to tell when it is. But you do notice that it's sort of eerie how there seems to be nothing else. You're not even having like bugs land on you or anything like that. It just seems like there's a complete absence of life. Um, and you, as you're walking, you sort of notice that the the trees seem to be decaying, like the leaves and everything like that. And you kind of recognize that that was the smell that Maddie was noticing. There was, that the, the trees seemed to be decaying, the leaves seemed to be decaying directly on the trees. And you could see their, the branches are sort of drooping down in your way and kind of having to brush them out of your way and move them out of your way. And you hear and maybe see something you're unsure of what kind of move through the forest in the distance up ahead you just barely catch a glimpse of something when the lightning flashes you think the storm's probably going to break any moment too by the way on the ground? There's yeah it's on, on the, the ground. ground yeah something's on the ground I I just saw I just I just saw someone up there and it looked I, I god I swear I saw pink shorts and one of I know one of my friends had pink shorts they always they like had this whole set of them we got to we got to go find them and I just start almost running towards that Oh hey Hercules wait up and I'm running after him All right, so John, or no, um, James, go ahead and, and roll a, a check here. And you get all nine dice, and I start with one this time. I did not get a success, so. Nope. Okay, well, what you can do, did you get any ones? Yes. If you would like, you can burn... Your vice of compulsive, 
which I think is making some narrative sense, actually. You sort of compulsively mm-hmm. ran off into the yeah. forest, mm-hmm. and you can re-roll, you can burn that, and you can re-roll those two ones. And if you get a six on those, you will succeed at this. Oh. What happened? Okay. So you literally burn it. You set it on fire. But what happens if I... Am, am I no longer compulsive? You still remain... You still are compulsive, but you no longer have the vice to burn I suggest sure. using your cards. You'll see yeah. between the group of you, everybody Ooh. has four right. cards. So, like, set it on fire and then stick it in the yeah. the board. Ooh. There we go. That's that's pretty cool. Keep burning. Keep burning. Keep burning. Fire. Oh, you don't live in dangerously. I know. Don't you blow too much. <laughs> <laughs> I could have reignited it. It's gonna burn out some of candles too. You can reignite it if you want with the fire. If you want to just get it burning a little bit more. Burn, burn, burn. Fire, fire. There you go. There. That's more satisfying for the video. Oh, and you succeeded. You, gotta, you, gotta you do su- take this one out of there, though. But you have a success, and I, of course, got no successes. Um, so you retain narrative control. So you run through the forest, and what do you see? So I'm running, and it's the branches hitting my face because I can't see a brush against a tree, but I keep seeing the flash of lightning. Just this pink, pink, kind of, it looks like pink shorts or pink something on this figure. And um, I I catch up, I slowly catch up to it because it keeps running. And I hear, I hear y'all yelling, but I just, I swear it's my friend Melissa. I mean, she always wore those damn pink shorts. And I, I, I see this last glimpse of the pink shorts, and then it's, then it's silent. Hercules, wake the fuck up! It it's silent, and just the footprints stop, and I hear. This, this just grumble in the trees above me. And I can't hear y'all anymore. And I, I, I've run, run far away. I hear, I hear rustling, but I don't hear y'all. So, you go running off. And you hear these whispers in your head as you go running off into the forest, reminding you of the last time that you ran off. In fact, it was with those very friends you were together when the world first went dark. But fear gripped you, and you went running off 
and you just feel this sort of pang of regrets in your in your chest and in your stomach and your sort of tightness in your chest and you go running off into the woods. And the three of you move to sort of catch up to where James went running. And you sort of stop in this sort of small clearing. Uh, There seems to be almost signs of like a scuffle or of some sort. And you see, or and you hear, Maddie, is that you? Yeah. Maddie? It's me. Maddie's looking around quickly. You, you see up, you've kind of drawn the voices from up above. And you see your stepfather. And he's wearing these sort of, he looks strange. He looks like dirty and muddy and his clothes are strange. He's wearing a a, um, a tank top. He's got scratches all over his arms and bruises. Looks like he's got a big black eye. Here's a, um, looks like a, just a, a line of scratches across his face. You can see in the lightning. It looks like there's like almost like a claw. Looks like down the side of his face. He's wearing these bright pink shorts. What the fuck? Maddie, it's really you. He starts climbing down from the tree. Yeah. What's mom's name? What's mom's name? Sarah. He says, Sarah, but I always called her Pooh. God, you... Jesus. What? Okay. Who are these? Who are these people? Just some dudes. That man, he came running for me. Thought he was going to kill me. He had a look of craze in his eyes. Big buff dude. He's a little off. I guess we're all a little off. These days. So, uh, yeah, so where'd he go? Because uh, he was with us. I can hear him rustling in the leaves. He went running in the woods. He points in her direction. I might be weeping now on my knees, just really sad, so you might hear me cry. Yeah, he's not, he, no. he kind of stopped eventually, but yeah. he points off in the woods. He says, he looks to you, um, John, he says, why don't you, why don't you go check on your friend so I can talk to my Maddie? It's dark. I don't. I think we should all go over that way so we don't get separated. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. I think that's a wise idea. Okay. Sounds good. I've yeah. seen those movies. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't mind, we we just uh, we just met you with our group, so he like he that. walks he walks over. He gets a little bit closer to you, Manny. Mm-hmm. He says, um, "And go ahead and roll a roll a conflict." This is your isn't this your uh, your moment? Yep. It are my oh, moment. Yeah. It are the moment. Uh, no sixes. No, no ones, but no sixes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, go ahead burn, and burn your moment. Okay. Now, there aren't any ones. Can I reroll anything? You can't reroll anything. Nope. But go ahead and still burn the moment. The, the moment is over. Yep. Yes, and it, okay. it did not succeed. Come on, baby. Catch, catch, catch. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <clears throat> and I have narrative control. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to describe the scene. Mm-hmm. He gets... As you... As um, John says, well, we should all go together... He reaches towards you, man. He says, come, give me a hug. He kind of gives you a smile and reaches in to give you a hug. And as much as you want to try to play it cool and, and you know, you're, you're a rebel, um, you start to feel sort of, okay, well, he and mom used to... They always took good care of you, and you start to feel this sort of hope well up in you, and he embraces you, and then you feel this stab into your, like, side, (coughs) and he looks down at you, and he says, I'm sorry, Maddie, I'm just so hungry. John, John, (laughs) John. Being right there, see something All happen. Right, and put a candle out. Just one. Nope. These things are true. It is dark. Maddie has just been stabbed. <laughs> Many survivors are on the brink of madness. Remember, you can, a, dis- you can yeah. use these two also to describe the scene that's happening it's right the, now. The truth, the truths the you truths. can use to describe what happens in this scene. So just keep that in mind. I look up and see a flashing light in the distance. I look but do not see a moon. Maddie's stepfather's jaws have started to distend. <laughs> Belinda finds a big stick to smack him upside the head. Oh. Last truth. Well, not the last truth. 
find a small cache that has a first aid kit. And the final truth. And we and are we alive. alive. Okay, so. Um, first off, James, you're down on your knees and you're sort of sobbing. And you find a pack where you fell. In fact, that's what sort of tripped you up. That's why you stopped running. Your feet got caught in a in a um, strap and sort of kind of pulled to to your senses, and you reach into the pack and you see a first aid kit within. And then there's a light in the distance that draws your attention. You also hear sort of a croak, groan, back where the rest of your group is. And Belinda and John, the two of you, you see, well, in the lightning, and it begins to rain. The rain starts to come down. You can see in the, the brightness of the lightning that Maddie's face is a twisted mask of pain. And doesn't look like her stepfather is hugging her so much as keeping her from escape, clutching her. What would you like to do? I would like to swing my found bludgeoning weapon at his head. Alright, how many do we have? Eight. Eight? Can you get eight dice then? Pulled into snarls or bony fingers wrapping around this thick stick. Tired of men like you! Oh, there we go. One. one six, no ones. Oh, one, oh wait. One. A ton of fours. If you'd like to, you can also what? you can also burn your vice if you want to try to give it a re-roll. And if you don't... I a six like I have five fours. Something special should happen. No. That is a lot of fours. <laughs> um, right? Now, what what this will do is, you can get another success. You've already succeeded. You don't need it for success. But if you don't roll a one on your re-roll, then this die doesn't get pulled out of your pool. And your vice is pretty appropriate, thematically appropriate, if you want to use it. Sure. All right. Let's do it. Burns your vice. Oh, aggressive. 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 Yeah. What happens? Eight is great. Uh, just even though she's been stooped, this rage inside of her, she stands up to her full five four height and just swings this club at this possible man's head with the sort of rage of someone has wronged her at some point and while she doesn't like this teenager they're this young woman she just takes this pent-up aggression at that head that she just clobbers and when he falls 
she keeps swinging, grumbling under her breath. Can't really understand what she's saying, but every now and then a word will pop up. Just, bastard, never told you. I got you this time. John goes to help help the teenager. Helps helps the teenager to get up and uh, come away from come away from the the slamming stick onto the ground. Get him! And I've heard I've yeah, heard them, point. so I've run back and grabbed the. I have the first aid kit and give it to John because I assume he knows what to do because I have no idea. You know, I just pops it open and starts looking through from what he can see. Okay. Let's see what's inside the first aid kit and if it has what you need. Go ahead. Never do this again! Come on, Good Oh, All right. You got two cocks. Reroll two. those two cocks. Yeah. Okay. So so far two sixes and three sixes. Nice. Brian is rolling. Did you get any ones? No ones. Wow. Three Dang. sixes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So describe what happens when you open up the the first aid kit. I pop open the first first aid kit and I see several uh, um, syringes and couple of them are glowing and others look like they've been used and so I, I take out I take out one I look at it I look at the wound I say, I say is that a bite or a stab what is that, that uh, fucker had a n- not knife I look over at the, I look over at the body yeah there's like a hunting knife lying there on the ground next to the body I go I don't know what this is but do you want it? Do it! Do it! Give me! Give me! Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, well... Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> rolls. Yeah, go ahead and you roll. Because okay. I think this is sort of a lucky... We'll see what, how, how you're feeling. <laughs> I, got, I got three successes. You can set your, so um, your, your hope <laughs> die aside. Cause yes. it's, Does that we should all watch awesome. the reanimator. <laughs> this will go just well. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be good. It's a great movie, yeah. Uh, that's at least two successes. I do not see a one. Yep, no ones. No ones. Yes. Wow. Okay. So describe what 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 happens. Oh, she smash. she thrusts out her arm and and John John at least seems to know what he's he's he he must have done this before. He's he's she he's able to to slide it into the vein and and he pushed down the plunger. Oh wow, that's new. Oh. <laughs> Because she feels hot and cold and somehow stiff, and yet she feels like she's floating. And wow, this is not any kind of drug she ever did before. Oh no, this is a new high. The wound starts kind of growing, just sort of like like the edges just sort of grow and meet and seal. There's still a bunch of blood. Her her. Her shirt and her pants are still co- covered in it, but it's just, it, it glows the same color as the syringe, and then it just sort of, just sort of fades away, and she's like, oh, I can see time. <laughs> this is so cool. This is so cool. <laughs> <Wow. there. laughs> 
That guy, oh, mm, he should die. He should really, really die. Oh, don't worry, he's I'm, already dead. I think mm. Nana took care of that. Don't call me Nana! Ooh. Belinda stands up, and her white hair is just, in the lightning flashes, is now just streaks of red, and there's some gore in there. And she smiles, and there's this glint in her eyes that flashes from the lightning. She smiles, there's a, there's a tooth or so missing, but you just see this feralness in her. Okay, uh, uh oh, God. Name. Name. Linda? Belinda? Belinda. Uh, Okay, cool. Yes. Belinda the badass. Okay. That sounds better than Nana. We need to do something. What do we need to do? So the rain is pouring down now, and you you can see the river is even swelling more and more. The area that you're standing in now is just getting muddier and muddier, and you know you've probably got to not quite a quarter of a mile, but through the forest, in the rain, in the mud, um, you kind of feel like you ought to keep on moving. We keep moving as I put the uh, medical kit in the bag behind me and strap it, strap it tight to me, so we can figure out what the stuff is. All right, so you move through the forest, and and eventually you get out to the edge. You step out onto the, onto the. Um, the road, which, uh, you know, hasn't been paved in quite some time, but it's still raised, and the the embankment is a bit, you know, of, you kind of scrabble up the side of the embankment to get onto the cracked asphalt road, and the old wooden covered bridge crosses over the river, which is just, you can see the river is so engorged now it's kind of it's sort of hitting the covered bridge like on the side but the bridge seems to still be in in solid order although you can hear the creaks and moans of the of the heavy wooden posts as it's being battered by the by the water and there's just sort of this haunting echo that's coming through the sort of tunnel cavernous covered bridge that leads from this to the other side you know your only likely only path towards Fort Victor from where you are now let's cross quickly before while we still have this bridge let's get moving it's it's obviously dark but it's made even more ominous because even though the lightning occasionally illuminates the area the light of the of the bolts doesn't seem to reach totally within the covered bridge. There's no other ambient light, although you did see a light in the distance, James. I feel like it was through the woods somewhere. Flashing. Somewhere beyond, on the other side of the bridge. But you can't see at all. You'd be walking completely blind into a dark dark passageway over the river. I told you, Mr. Barkley's farm this would have been a better route. You don't trust wisdom. You're just a pulse of children. We got a bridge. We can go over it, right? Because Port Victor? We can go through it. 
Awesome. We have Let's to do move it. quick. Let's go. Do I who need to carry rolled, you? Who hasn't rolled a conflict recently? I think I have not. No, you're the last. Yeah, you're the last. Let's go ahead and, and let's roll a conflict then as you move into the into the covered bridge. I have one six and one one. Do we get that? No, you don't. You also have a six. Unfortunately, a tie means that you do in fact succeed, but I get to control the narrative. Good thing I didn't say what I was going to say then. <laughs> so you begin to maneuver, walk through the the covered bridge. And when you first step in, you're momentarily sort of, you sort of sigh as you, as you hear, as the rain stops pouring down on you. And you're not feeling quite so battered by it. Kind of, there's sort of a weird quiet. I mean, you hear the sound of the rain beating down on the on the top of the covered bridge, but you can kind of hear the sounds of your breath and the echoes of the of the creeks um, from the bridge as you're moving across it and um, moving underneath the bridge. And now all of you see a sort of set of bouncing lights, a couple of lights in the distance. Um, it seems to be at least one sort of electric light, but then another that seems to be a sort of a flickering, maybe like a, a torch of some sort. Um, Beyond, on the other side of the of the passageway, the road sort of descends a bit and then curves around. So there's a so it appears as that they're coming down the road towards where you are, but it's still through forest because they're sort of you know beyond the curve. But you can definitely see lights flickering in and out of some figures. What would you like to do? Seem to be walking at a somewhat normal pace. It looks like there's there's four of them. I I think maybe maybe we should meet up. My my friend said they were gonna come back, so maybe they went to the fort, and they're coming back. So we should we should go meet them. Come on, and I, I'm actually going to like kind of move you fast, like kind of grab your hand and move you faster through the. Linda's the gonna bridge. lift her stick, which is the, still, the in spite of the rain, is still bloody, and there's bits of bone, brain matter. I'm in front of you, so I don't see it. I'm just grabbing you and grabbing your arm and kind of walking and walking faster with you. Oh, uh, Hercules? Miss Belinda is kind of not happy. Oh, I'll give you one moment to let go of me or I will make you let go of me, son. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Just, can we move faster? I want to... No one 
fine. Who believes your friends are coming back for you? They told me they were going to come back. Well, they could have gone to the fort and found safety in coming back for me and us. I'm pretty sure you left their safety. Or else there'd be more of you with us. I didn't leave them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help it. We don't know who they are yet. So let's approach with caution. Slim pickings in the world for the most part. So you're you're at sort of the edge now, just about to have to step back into the rain on the other end of the of the covered bridge and those figures the and and in fact James was right, there there appears to be four figures. They move around the curve so that way that they're in the road and visible and the lightning booms and you can see it just close there's a, in fact you, you kind of see the lightning strike just sort of hit somewhere in the forest in the distance not too far at all just a loud boom and you're able to see these four figures and James does appear that your friends have those are your friends roll a roll your moment you can do it one two well it's yours as well yeah yeah and no ones and no ones okay I will take that you now have your hope die mm-hmm. so your hope die Ooh. Um, is special. You don't lose it if you roll a one. And if you roll a five or a six, it is considered a success. And you get to keep that now. You can lose it. Um, I forget how, but I'll, it'll come to yeah. me later. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, I... Figure that out. It's hard to lose it, so whatever it is, it's a minor thing. But anyway, you see your friends come around the the bend in the light. What happens? I start crying and run towards them, and I see Melissa in her pink shorts and Peter, Paul, and Mary with them. And they have small packs that they found, but they're very, they are very beat up. They have not been to safety. They have not found the fort. Um, And Mary looks like she's actually lost a good chunk of skin on her arm. Just pulled off and you can kind of see bone. Um, and as I get to them, I hug Paul and Mary collapses, you know. Who was the fourth one? Who was Melissa. The... Melissa. Okay. She's the pink shorts. Okay. And I'm just sobbing and saying, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Just over and over again. All right. Burn your moment. Yeah, if you care for that. Keep burning. Keep burning. I want you to burn. 
moments when the when the cards burn is very satisfying. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Mary collapses. All of you see James go running up. And unlike the, past, the previous time, it seems that these people do know him. The woman, girl, in pink shorts, sort of reaches down to to hug James, and then Mary, or the the other other woman, who whose name you don't all know yet, but she collapses, and the two other young men who are in the group, they immediately go down to her. And start saying things like, Oh my God, she's lost a lot of blood. What do we do? What would you like I to yell do? out to, to John, is there anything left in the first aid kit? Um, there is, but is she almost about to die? Pops up. We can uh, help her, it doesn't matter. He looks through at them. Takes out another syringe. Says, all right, lift her arm. Lift her good arm. <laughs> lift it up. And okay, go ahead and roll, of, a, of go, roll a conflict. Who's, did you pop it in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You roll good. You're fine. Uh-huh. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, I, I just say that, Greg. Let's see. That was, like, we can do it's it been a while. One's... That's a lot That's a lot of ones. Oh my god. Three ones and one six. We got six. What's on your top of your stack there? I can't see your cards. Oh, strong. It's virtue. virtue. If you would like, you can play the virtue. You can burn your virtue. Mm-hmm. Describe why strength would matter in this case. Apply your virtue to it. You could burn it and then you could re-roll those three ones. And... If you succeed, you get sixes or whatever. But even if you don't, if you don't roll ones, then you get to keep those dice in your pool. Because she's um, shaking, like convulsing and shaking, and so he's going to use his strength to hold her and kind of hold her, her steady. Arm. Yeah, yeah, hold her arm steady so he can put the needle in the right vein. And perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. All right, burn your virtue then. Beautiful. All right, so roll those three dice again. Roll these three dice, okay. Sixes, a one six and one one. Okay, so hand me the die with the one. Mm -hmm. I did get one six, but because you got two sixes now, you have narrative control. So what happens? Now, similar to what they saw before, and this time she's much further, further gone, but starts convulsing and her whole body's shaking, but the uh, meat in her arm starts closing up and the skin starts folding back over itself and kind of stitching herself back together again. But she looks like she's kind of going slightly unconscious and just passes out, but we can tell she's still alive. Yeah, so she passes out from blood loss but she does seem stable. I mean, none of you are doctors. You're not entirely sure. 
but you can tell that she does seem her breathing calms goes a little bit less labored um Peter and Paul look up at you Paul says bro sick nice work and he like kind of like gives you a bro hug dude this homeless guy can you believe this this homeless guy just saved just saved Mary's life he's not homeless he's just he's a survivalist that's been in the woods he's been helping us he's he's really great his, his name's John his, he's not homeless though he shakes around his long hair for a Peter's second Peter's like <laughs> James dude man we were so worried we thought you were gone man I know what did what did y'all find what what happened to Mary oh, man what happened I'm not sure something came out man and like something I don't know we started like we heard these heard these animals in the woods sounded like cats and dogs it's kind of howling and screeching and you know us I mean couldn't leave well enough alone yeah y'all are pretty stupid sometimes (laughs) oh man you know we've been out on the road for a couple days some cat sounded pretty good to be honest with you and uh, Paul's like, yeah, man. What? Miss Belinda has like a bunch of cats. She doesn't eat family. Melissa says, I don't think that she has any cats anymore. Oh, shit. Not cool, bro. Not cool. Melissa, she's got a mean stick and she's, can, she's a little crazy. Just tread lightly around. Paul says, that looks well, like, look. Is that brain stuff? Oh, cool. You, you, you don't recognize your stepfather? <laughs> Just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't live with him. <clears throat> he was a dick. Yes, I'm living says, with him now. Hey, look, bro. I'm psyched that we ran into you, James. We're heading, we're heading back that way. Why don't you join us, man? Get rid of this dead weight. But we're going to the fort. That's... We've... Heard we heard Dude, on the radio the road right. Is blocked. No, no we heard on the radio right before it went out that the fort is where we need to go. This guy's you a, go this your guy way. We're gonna go no. ours, but man, just come, just come with us. Like this dude knows the way. You so saw skater what he chick, did. old hag, and this guy. Yes, this guy knows what he's doing. The old hag has a mean left with that stick. All Trust right, roll, me, I've seen conflict. it. You can do it. I believe in you. Oh, can you can you use Ooh, do I get to roll my thing? You do? Yes. You have hope. Even though you're arguing with this. What does that mean? I got a five. I got, got a, a six, six as well. You, only this one counts as a five or six success. Oh, okay. Right. But yeah, you don't yeah, lose yeah. it because it rolled a one. You don't lose right. that one. Okay. This is a one. Mm-hmm. So you got one success? I got one, a one success. success. You can also burn your courage if you want. Yeah. To re-roll that. Oh no. I'm after this. Is that your brink? Wow. Yeah, that's my brink. Is that bad? Oh no. How are you courageous? Yeah, describe your Ooh. courage. Oh. I burned my courage. I'm kind of sad. Oh. 
Well, first of all, re-roll that one. Oh, where is it? Okay. That's a four. But you get to keep the die. Keep the die. So I only got one six. All right, well, I so actually get I, narrative control. Oh. So I, I got one six as well, so we tied, so I have narrative Damn control. It. But you courageously stand up to your, your friends, and... Um... You convince them that that is the way to go. Um, let's see here. So you um, you stand up and make a case to head to Fort Victor instead of heading to the south. And mm, Melissa and Peter agree to come along and to bring, and Peter picks up Mary. Paul, who's sort of notoriously a loner and on his own, refuses. Bro, I don't care what you think. I'm not going back that way. I've seen what's in that direction. I'm not going anywhere near that. I'm not heading in that direction. Peter tries to argue with him for a little while. Melissa's just kind of shaking her head as if maybe she's done dealing with Paul's shit. But ultimately, they split up the supplies. Paul heads off into the woods. Before you know it, he disappears. Took his, he had a, he had the electrical light source. Bye. Peter's torch is sort of sputtering out because of the rain. Um, but he hands it to Melissa and picks up Mary, who's unconscious, for slinging her over his shoulder. Um, and he says, all right, your show, man. Let's head on out. Where are we going, right. John? Since we got uh, more people in the party and some injured, we'll stick to the road. Just keep going. So what's that shit that you guys saw in that direction? Or was, or was it Jackass who just left? He says, well... <clears throat> Peter says... Or actually, Melissa says... Yeah, it was him and Mary. They were out there... Well, they went to check out the noises, and it was, I don't know, Paul was real shook up, came running back, that's why we turned back, something seemed, I don't know, I mean, you know Paul, he says to you, she says to you, James. I mean, he was—he can be a little rough around the edges, but he's always cool. But a couple days ago, once we saw that, you know, that was it. That was it. Mm. Oh. Paul, or, sorry. I'll, uh... How far down the the road, or was that like near a store, or where where was this that that happened? Is there a way we can kind of go around? 
God, I can't believe Paul lost his shit. Oh, I can't. He's your friend. You know, you youngins are so quick to snap these days. Melissa says, we were just walking through the forest. I'm not not exactly sure. It's raining. There's no light. Hmm. I'm not even really sure. Once we hit the road, we just started heading in this direction. Is that how uh, her arm got all fucked up? Yeah, they went and... Her and Paul went and checked out those animals and... He said something came out of the out of the darkness. I thought you said the animals were were cool, like they weren't a problem. Like what? I mean, the, the animals hadn't been a problem to me. Yeah, heard shit since yeah, it's been super quiet. You haven't heard any animals whatsoever, like or insects or anything. We could probably hear a mosquito fart with how fucking quiet it is. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a truth. It'll never be quiet. <laughs> that is the truth. All right, so you continue down the pathway, and um, M- Melissa and Peter sort of promise that they'll kind of keep their eyes open, and if they start to notice that you're heading in the direction of where where they had encountered that before, that they'll let you know so that you can steer clear of it. And you come eventually pass by sort of where they said they emerged from the forest. And you can see like you know some where like the embankment has been sort of torn up because look it was muddy and they like sort of climbed up and tore up the thing and you can you know you could presume that they went in there. So you continue along the road and The rain is still coming down, and you see up ahead, illuminated by lightning, there's a number of cars. It looks like there was some sort of car accident. There's a sort of a pileup of cars. I don't want to say blocking the road, because it's not like you can't get around them, but there are a number of cars, like sort of all together in the road. Blocking, like, vehicle traffic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do? Should I candle them more now? No, you haven't candled. No? Mm. Oh, it's family. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. well we can, looks like we can still find a way around the cars. Hmm. Well, I'm and just going to start searching into some cars. Yeah. You start searching into some cars, see if you can find something? Yeah. All right. One of them looks like uh, one of them older cars. Those things are built the fucking we should check out that one too. You got the crowbar. Yeah. Oh, no. Two sixes, two sixes and no ones. Alright, let's see here. And I have one success, so you control the narrative. You see the cars up ahead, and what do you find? What do you. What's in the scene up ahead? Mm, so there are. Two cars and one pickup truck. The pickup truck is on, is flipped over, and there's shattered glass everywhere, and it was a horrific accident. There are 
out of the two cars, there's two bodies hanging out of the windows, their faces torn to shreds by the, by the glass. And there's blood scattered everywhere. And it looks like someone might have survived because there's this big streak of, wide streak of blood going off into the woods. Or maybe someone was dragged off. Uh, and going through the cars, uh, it's easy to find uh, flashlights for each of us, one from each car. Well, she has her phone. Uh, and there are some basic supplies, some foods, blankets, some knapsacks. Um, okay, so you gear up a and bit. And a lucky rabbit's foot. And a lucky rabbit's foot. You gear up. And you're you sort of passing around materials and giving away the... Giving out, the, passing out the flashlights and gathering some blankets and, you know, you find her like a raincoat and a poncho or something and put it on so the rain isn't getting to you anymore. And, and you kind of get over to one of the last cars you're searching in and you, um, you see the lucky rabbit's foot hanging from the, from the rear view mirror and you kind of pull it down and you sort of look at it and you smile and you hear... start to hear this whisper in your head these voices it's in your own voice actually whispering to you about how it's been days since you fed the cats that you had left back at your home days that they've been forced to probably fend for themselves and little skipper in fact was had been locked in the laundry room because little Skipper would hadn't quite learned how to use the litter box yet when you were forced to leave. You tried to put it out of your head, but Skipper... Well, Skipper sure has been in that room for a long time without food. You feel sort of this regret being whispered to you over and over and over again in your head and what was a sort of joyous moment of pulling the rabbit's foot down becomes just something so horrible and as you sort of have this bleary eyed look through the tears that are in your eyes and you kind of look up trying to shake free of this the whisper that's bringing forth this powerful I don't know, negative, negative emotions and potential memory. The lightning flashes. And in the direction where you saw that blood streak, you see something. You're not quite sure what it is. At first you kind of think maybe it's like a cat or a dog or, or something like that, but doesn't seem quite like a cat or a dog or, or a deer or a squirrel or even maybe a bird. It seems 
some sort of abomination. You're not really sure. In fact, it just the, the light flashes so quickly, you're just you just can't quite gauge it. But you're pretty sure that you make sort of eye contact with the creature. Right as you're sort of trying to shake off those powerful memories. And then you're kind of like looking out into the forest to see if you can catch another glimpse of it. And the lightning flashes again and you don't see anything. You don't see anything at all. What'd you like to do? Well, Belinda sob kind of racks her body and she clutches the rabbit's foot and then throws it in the distance. This wasn't lucky for anybody. It's here. It's here. It's, what? I saw it. It's there. It's what? there in the distance. What the fuck's here? Them. You mean the noises that we've been hearing? They're here? That's... They are here. They're everywhere. Peter sets Mary down in back of a car while you're kind of doing it and she you can hear like get away get away get away she seems to be like tossing and turning having some sort of nightmare okay the second she starts flipping out we need to like yeah okay so uh uh yeah uh... dude whose name I do not know Wake her up. Peter's like shaking her. Mary, it's only a dream. Wake up, Mary. Melissa kind of looks at you, um, James, like with like, like, what do we do? Well, we can't stay here. We've got to keep moving. We got to go now. Mm-hmm. Like I'll carry Melissa or uh, Mary. Mary. And I lift her up, even though she's still writhing. Peter says, do you have any gas in that can? Yeah. Shake, 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 shake. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was a conflict role. <laughs> but, like, look how fucked up these cars are. Do you want to try to push over the pickup truck and see if we can do that? say we just try all there's one a little further down the road that and we are going in that direction it looks in better shape than these all right roll a conflict roll see if see what happens two ones and no sixes what's on the top of your stack uh reconnecting with fellow troopers Mm-hmm. The moment. Your, your moment. Yeah, we're not at that right there, yeah, so you don't, yeah. can't really spend that one. Yeah. All right, well. I have narrative good. control, so no, actually. You didn't roll any sixes, right? Right, yeah, no. So it's a, it's a, it's just a, uh, we're pulling out a candle. No. So blow out a candle, Brian. That one looks pretty weak. There you go. Nice. (laughs) These things are true. It is dark. 
What's true for John? The uh, true for John. All the the wheels on that car are in good shape. Maddie's coming down off of her high, and it's she. She thinks it's about to finish. Okay. The rain has been letting up slowly. But with the rain letting up, James has noticed that the dying trees have actually melted. Hmm. Oh. Picks up one of the glowing syringes out of the case and slips it in a hidden pocket for safekeeping. I like it. That's five. One more. Uh, Maddie's eyes and Mary's eyes are starting to glow the same color as the syringe, as the contents of the syringes they were given. That's it. One, two, three, four, five, six. And the seventh truth is? And we are alive. We are alive. All right, you move over to the truck, and the tires look to be in good shape. It's sort of sitting on the road there. Um, The door's open. Um, In fact, you look, and you see the keys are in the ignition. It's got a bit wet inside from the recent rain. Um, smells a little bit of stale cigarettes. There's a map sitting on the seat. Say it's, um, it's a pickup truck. Three people could fit on the inside. Others could sit in the, the bed. What would you like to do? Seems like the best time to give that gas can a. Oh, yeah, give that gas can. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Maddie will go over to to the to the thing and she'll open it and unscrew the cap and motherfucker, don't fail me now. <laughs> you pour gas into the into the tank. You hear it eating up the eating it up hungrily. The old, the old gas can is empty. Okay. You can smell the gasoline. I'm gonna, I just walk by John and grab the keys. I would like to sit in the cabin. Yeah, look at that. Can't go bouncing around in that bed. Yeah, no. Yeah. Let the badass sit in the cabin, man. <laughs> she will kick the ass of anything that Peter starts in. putting Mary into the cabin as well. Sounds good. I'm hop, I hop in the driver's seat. And then he the hops keys. into the back. Hop into the back. Hop into the into the back and uh, rummage around for like uh, the tool cabinet that's in the back of the, the truck. And try and see if there's any weapons or tools. In All there. right, go ahead and roll a conflict. Oh, man. So no sixes and no ones. Oh no. What'd you get? The 
you open up the you open up the tool thing you're like you know everybody's piling in everybody, you're just you open up the tool thing and this thing springs out of out at you a creature it seems to be made up of multiple pieces of animal seems to be unlike any animal you've seen but cats and dogs and forest animals forest creatures it's about the size of a medium dog looks like it was stuck in the in the chest um waiting and it springs out at you put out another candle And give me one more of those dice. Thank you. These things are true. It is dark. Oh, true. Um, the engine does turn on. Okay. The bed of the tr- the, the the bed of the truck is very slick, and it's hard. And, and as the creature lands, wait, is this something I can do? Or I don't know. Basically, it's very slick in the bed of the truck. So, okay. The sound that the creature makes actually sends painful shivers down your body. Um, Two more. Oh. With the ignition of the truck is a very, very loud backfire. John was able to fling the creature outside of the truck as it started. You fling the creature off. On the final truth. And we are alive. You hit the gas. Creature goes flying out. You hear this screech. And you're all like, ah! Feel this pain wreck your body. But James hits the gas. Backfires. You shoot off down the road. And you're not sure what happened to the creature. You don't know. You just heard the screech. Died off quickly. You zoomed away. John, you pushed it away. But you notice that you have these long, bloody marks now, scrapes, cuts down your down your arms. Superficial for the most part. But they remind you a lot of the scrapes that were on the face of Maddie's stepfather. And his stepfather who had been taken by madness and whose mouth had distended in a, a horrific gaping maw just before he died, before he was bludgeoned to death by Belinda's brain-coated log she still <laughs> carries with her wherever she go. <laughs> you drive off. Start heading down the road. 
Um, the rain is pretty much, you know, completely stopped now at this point. You've got a couple, you know, beads of water on the on the windshield that you've, you've got the headlights on, just sort of providing you with a certain sense of of comfort. And um, driving along down the road. And let's see here. You see all of you kind of settle in. And you're putting some good space between you. There's some cars here and there that you have to, you know, dodge around or even sometimes move into the grass. But fortunately, you've got this truck. It's an old, old pickup truck. So other than some bumps and such, you're able to sort of weave around it. And before you know it, you start to see this long line of traffic up ahead. All cars, abandoned cars, just this long line of traffic. But you, John, know that up ahead is the one of the entry gates to Fort Victor. You don't see any lights or anything like that right now. Um, but this is sort of a civilian entrance, one of the roads that leads up into the up into the fort. Um, within our sort of in this particular area there's a lot of the on-base housing um, sort of enters into this so this is more the you know where the living quarters and stuff would be um, doesn't seem like I said there's all these cars looks like they were trying to like wait to get in um, but you're you know you're still pretty distant um, at this point there's probably cars good 25 30 deep um, kind of impeding your way to continue to be able to drive. What'd you like to do? Of course, you're in the driver's seat, um, James, but John, you see, I mean, you all see this, but John knows what it is for sure. It doesn't you... look too promising. The truck slowly rolls to a stop and just turn the key and... curse into the, the steering wheel and hit it and just throwing a little temper tantrum. Yeah, you were kind of running on fumes anyway. The last bit of the rain, John was kind of washing his wounds in the rain and covered them up so nobody else sees them. Mm -hmm. You notice that they were like they weren't bleeding but they looked fresh still. And they kind of tingled a little bit. But you cover them up. Nothing to be worried about right now. You've still got that syringe in your back pocket. Puts a little bit of hydrogen peroxide on it from the first aid kit, but that's about it. You in the bed or the cab? In the, the, uh, in the back bed. in the bed. Oh, yeah. in the bed. Open the little window in between the bed and the cab. John, I mean... Do you think there's anybody there? Well, there could be, but to yeah. be honest, this is going to be our best place to go anyway. So we can just walk into the gate from from here. 
keep the keys for this truck and if we need to use it again. You haven't seen that thing behind us following us? No. Nothing else? We've gotten a good distance from it and I threw it out of the back. So, why the fuck is this long line of cars outside of the fort? Only know until we go in. Fuck me, Ronnie. Okay. Let's start walking in. Like, pick up Mary. Mary? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Mary's the name. Yeah. Carrying her. Melissa, um, kind of curls up next to you, you know, like, sort of you've got Mary sort of thrown over your shoulders and she kind of you know intertwines her fingers um, there's always been a little bit of a spark between the two of you though it never led to anything more um, for one reason or another um, and so she's sort of curled like you know walks tightly near you um Peter seems a slight bit resentful of that. And, uh, we all pile out of the, the truck. Again, it's not raining anymore. There's still that strange quiet, um, especially now that it's not raining at all. Really, the only thing you can hear is your own breathing, footsteps. Even the wind doesn't seem to be around here. And just then, you hear the sound. It seems to be getting louder and louder and louder and louder. And it takes you a second to sort of clue in to what you're hearing. As you see this helicopter fly overhead, mm-hmm. passing over you, going into the base, there's a small airfield on the opposite side of the base. So you fly over top of you, just quickly, in the night. Um, what would you like to do? See, guys, there's people. Let's go, and... Come on, come on, pick up the pace. Let's go, and let's start running with Mary and Melissa. Moving faster, just... Excited. Maddie is right behind him. Right behind him. James and his, and his friends. And I start yelling out towards the base. Hey! Hey! We're out here! Let us in! Make a conflict roll. And use your hook die. Yes? That's right. Yeah, hook die. Getting me successes. Two successes and three successes. Nice. Alright. Okay, so what happens when you run towards the gate and you yell out? Success mean like oh, like it's always good. You get to you you get to narrative. Yeah. I didn't oh, I get any narrative control. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It doesn't have to be good. You can yeah. you can. We're telling a story, so you can. You it just means you get control over the story. So the helicopter is still flying towards. It's almost reached, and 
you know, I'm just so happy to be with my friends and having this, we're going to survive. I keep telling Melissa, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. See, there's the helicopters just right there. We're so close. And as the helicopter reaches the very bounds of the fort, there's just one more flash. There's a flash of lightning, even though it's not raining. And the, the helicopter just disappears into the darkness. And it's completely black in front of the fort. What the fuck? What the fucking fuck? And again, it's quiet. Helicopter blades... It's like they were just never there. And I stop. Drop Mary onto my knees again and just say, Melissa, this, I was wrong. I was wrong. We're done. Hey, that is some fresh bullshit! Pops up on one of the on the on the on the top of one of the cars and just screams and she's and her and and one of her hands comes to the hey hey we're fucking out of all right so um John you you're kind of surveying the area you've been to the fort before. And you all saw the helicopter disappear into the blackness. And you can now see, sort of like, as you're up close enough, that there does seem to be this almost wall of blackness beyond, on the other side of the, on the base. And it seems almost to be kind of rippling. Um... And you look down the walls that sort of outline, you know, for the chain link fence that goes along. Actually, in this, this is an older base, so there's actually like it's a stone wall. It goes down in either direction. There's sort of this opening in the center, which is where civilians enter. You look down the stone wall, and you can see a big break in the wall. And um, it's it's a good maybe hundred yards down. You can see where there's like a big break, and you see like a little bit of light. Um, and your trained eyes, having you know served some and spent some time in you know out in the field. Um, You can see a couple, you see several military tents have been set up outside the walls. And from one of those tents, there's some light coming. You can see a little bit of light. Roll me a, roll me a conflict. Alright, six, two sixes, wow, two ones. 
What's going on with those tents? And the break in the wall. I should right. say. Yeah, come up to the uh, come up to the tents and first as I'm approaching it I see a little light in the tent and I can see shadows of people talking and mingling in the tent. And I walk up to the gate and say I don't want to frighten anyone in there. I'm approaching. Are you a U.S. military? All right, so let's go ahead and roll your moment. Okay. <coughs> oh, roll again. Yeah, we're going to roll again. Okay. <coughs> we'll see here. These are your buddies. Reroll that one, yeah. Oh, three sixes. Whoa. Yeah. So three sixes. What you know? What's your your last name? Is uh, it's disavowed. Have a, disavowed. Oh yeah, disavowed. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to say it. Um, you hear J? Is that you, Big J? And the tent curtain opens up, and. You see um, Smitty, your old buddy. Smitty, your old buddy, Smitty. Smith. But everybody called him Smitty. Um, Smitty is, uh, you see he's got camouflage painted on his face. You know, he's like fully decked out. Um, you can see he's pulled down the hood of a, a ghillie suit. Mm. Um, he's got a little bit of, you can see like a little bit of water and wetness on his, on his, um, on his suit. So he's probably been out in the rain. It looks like it's probably dried for the past hour or so, but he was probably out in the rain. Um, he's got a rifle thrown over his, thrown over his shoulder. Behind him, there's a couple of other guys from your old your old squad or you know what the proper term would be sure that works. your old unit yeah we'll yeah. say and uh and and you hear like you know one of them says is that big J you see a couple of your old buddies and they sort of all kind of state they basically pull you in um, to the tent, start, you know, giving you pats on the back and kind of, you know, like fucking with you, doing a little bit of, you know, like faux combat. And you can see their spirits are totally raised by your appearance here. Um, burn your moment and grab your hope die. Yay. Yay. The picture, the picture. <laughs> And all the rest of you, you can hear this living on the edge. You can hear this um, <laughs> this just celebratory mood. Um, and it's strange, like it's within the within the sound, the, the, the volume of the 
the, the quiet, the deafening silence that's all around you. Just this kind of laughter and joking and, and camaraderie. And in a way, three of you feel this sort of profound loneliness by hearing that. The kind of camaraderie of, of being a part of something bigger than himself that, that John is a part of. Um, almost kind of pangs at you as you as you hear it you're not unhappy for him but he has found his group and it is very clear that there's a stark realization of how the three of you Melissa Peter and Mary are outside of the tent and John Big J as they were calling him, and his military buddies are inside the tent with food, supplies, and weapons. What would you like to do? Feeling that pang of loneliness, even though I have friends right there, and after seeing the helicopter just disappear, um, I... I just, I can't move. I am still You hear feeling this desperate hopelessness. You feel that and you hear in your mind, you're going to run away from them again. You're going to run away. You're going to abandon your friends again. You know it. You know it. No, oh, it's different. You can feel Melissa's hands were clutching yours. She must be feeling that same sort of loneliness, but you know it's sort of feeble and pointless because you're just going to let them down again like you did the last time. You just feel this deep, deep regret and this whispers in your head. And you kind of, all three of you that are outside the tent, um, along with, well, you wouldn't know what they would feel. But the three of you that are outside the tent, you sort of feel this, like, almost wave coming from the military base, like this sort of... It's sort of pulling you in to a certain extent. Um, you kind of feel this, this two-sided thing, this... There is safety... And there is your end simultaneously. You sort of feel both. So um, your your buddies, Smitty and the others, they kind of like, you know, kind of pull you outside, and because you kind of mentioned that the uh, you know you came right. with some others, came with the party, and they they Smitty says. Hey, you made the long journey, I see. Smitty. Name's Smitty. Corporal Smitty, but you just call me Smitty these days. And then he kind of introduces the rest of them. Yeah. Bit of a shit show around these parts these days, huh? Thanks for bringing our good buddy Big J back. Safe and sound. You notice they all have rifles thrown over their shoulders. Packs on their backs. They seem to be 
sort of carrying their supplies on them. They look well fed. They look um, fit, hale. Well, you all are kind of like bedraggled from surviving on a couple of bags of Funyuns and a couple of protein bars, a little bit of extra food you found at the last site. This town's always been a bit of a shit show, son. Hmm. So why, uh, where'd you guys set up the tents outside of the, outside of the base? As many says, well, would you fucking look at this thing? And he points to the, <laughs> to the base, and there's just like this black void, basically, like beyond the walls. Now that you're up close, yeah. like you kind of, it kind of blended into the, to the starless night and the silhouettes. And he says, "We've been, uh, well, fact is, is we're, uh, we've been kind of gearing up to head in." Hmm. Why'd that helicopter go in there? Yeah. Beats me. We haven't had radio signal for days. Mm-hmm. Our packs ran out. What little energy power we had, we used to communicate with each other when we went out on runs, gather supplies. It's going in to, uh, to observe and see, see what's there. We're thinking about it. One of uh, one of them whispers into Smitty's ear, and Smitty says, "Smitty says out loud, he says, no, this is big. This is Big J and his buds. We can't do that." I quickly rummage through my pack, and but I and he whispers into game. his ear again, and looks over at. And Smitty nods and he says, What's up with the girl? And look, he nods to the to the girl you're holding, Mary. Will these help? Ooh, at the, so at the same time I pull out those radios that had power. Will these help? Um she's He not he, she, he he nods to one of his guys and walks over and grabs the radios. She was attacked. We don't know that. I mean, Peter. Peter was with her and knows better. But we, I mean, John was able to help her. I mean, Jenkins, he, why don't you take a look at her? He goes to take her from you. Where are you going to take her? Just into the tent. Don't worry, son. We got Peter, it all under control. Peter, can you go with her? I'll go with her. Peter goes as well. Thanks, Belinda. So they go in. One of the soldiers. One of the soldiers. Uh, two of the soldiers go in. Um, with with one of the soldiers takes Mary. Um, it takes Mary. Another soldier goes in as well. So there's two soldiers that go in. A third a third soldier stands guard um, at the end entrance to the tent where where you and Peter go in. And then Smitty stands out there with the Belinda three. goes in, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So can you radio the, the helicopter on different channels with those? Can you see what they've seen? I mean, we've... He puts a hand on your shoulder. Don't worry, son. We got this under control. Well, are you actually going to do anything? 
<laughs> says, yeah, we're going to do something. So, Big J. Back back to join the unit. Gonna need to get you get cut that beard. I mean, I know we're not on we're not exactly on uh, active duty right now, but can have you looking like a hobo. Yeah, I think I'll join Reddit until the world comes back to together. Yeah. And then good. After, well, why don't you go? That, see. Why don't you go help Jenkins out then? Okay. All right. And he points, he nods you towards the tent. So I did, and Smitty, when you head in, Smitty, looking at the two of you, and says, I didn't catch your names. James. Maddie. And you're Smitty? Mm-hmm. Colonel Smith, but, you know, Smitty. Oh. I thought you said Corporal. Corporal Smith. Okay, he says Corporal. <laughs> he says Corporal <laughs> And, and, and then follows by, like, watch your tongue. No, it's <laughs> not entire parents. Do my best. I'm yeah. so sorry. Shut it, Bianca. Like, <laughs> such a teen- teenager. You, um, you sense, both of you sense danger. Like, so this guy is looking at you in a way that makes you feel a little uncomfortable. How many other soldiers are there were three other soldiers. There's one now at the tent. There's two inside with Belinda and Peter and Mary. And then there... And then, of course... John. John went in as well. So it's... So you can see... Um, inside, I'm going to switch back inside real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenkins, who you knew before... Um, Lays Mary on the ground, like lays Mary on a cot. Starts kind of, you know, he somewhat undresses her, but not not in a not in a gross or weird way, but like you know to sort of examine her, and um, kind of looks at the wounds, the injuries, and stuff like that. And then he pulls open their eyes, and there's like this glow, in the eyes. Um. Ooh, I don't look good. If anybody were to ask me, but no one's asked me yet. <laughs> he kind of looks up at you, and he sort of like kind of sniffs the other soldier, sort of stands up and kind of puts himself between you, Peter, you and Peter. And then, uh, and then Jenkins and Mary, who's on the cat, on the cot. And Jenkins looks up at you and he says, Big J. Hmm. Uh, so you're with this then? Yeah, I'm with you for now. Cool. Why don't you come and hold her down for me then? What are we doing well, we're doing what we got to do to survive. Uh, make a conflict roll. And include your, your hope die. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, uh, which I picked the darkest of the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm oh, I got a six on my hope die. 
and and another six, and then one one. So. Okay, you can also, if you want, burn your trait. I don't know what it is. I can't it's see. Regretful. Oh, you can burn it or not, or you can give up the die. If you can figure out a way to make regretful mean something here. I have a feeling I know what's going to happen. I, mean, I could, but should we? Yeah, what do you guys I'm think? Sure. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's up to you. I mean, do I succeed over fast when you succeed no matter what you got a six mm -hmm. and I didn't get any sixes so I don't right. have yeah, narrative control yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have narrative control so um, now for every die he gets we it's more problematic for us so yeah. we've been, I think we've been lucky on our rolls and, and I've been rolling been, really low yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even still the game progresses right, right, right. Yeah. okay well uh the regretful aspect is like they, there's a flood of memories of from when the uh, at previous times the military had asked him to ask John to do uh, not so savory activities in the Middle East and he walked away from doing those those deeds and you know that some of these year olds year olds, um, members of your old unit. Some of them might have done some of those things with a bit more relish than others. Mm -hmm. And Jenkins was just one of those. You have narrative control though, so what happens? So how many people are in the town? There is... Two soldiers, Jenkins and one other, um, one of your other old buddies, um, Belinda, Peter, and then Mary's on the cop, and then yeah. you. Yeah. So there's a total of six. I look over at the, the other soldier, and I ask him to come over to, to, to help us instead. I was like, and was it Jenkins? Good. Mm -hmm. so Jenkins, you, you don't really have much medical history. If you don't mind just stepping aside, just letting us... Yeah, in fact, in this case, you actually just describe what happens. Yeah. So you actually control what happens. Right. They just do what you say. Okay, yeah, so then then um, he looks kind of confused by it, but then goes, okay, and steps aside, and then and I ask the other soldier that seemed like I saw like he had a uh, medical art of like doctors... Um, insignia on and, and ask like what what like kind of uh, appropriate things that we have in there and give her uh, essentially like some antibiotics and and etc and instead of potentially doing something more sinister that uh, John felt was coming right so yeah he administers antibiotics and and sort of follows your lead um, with the assumption that this is what Colonel Corporal Smitty, <laughs> Colonel Corporal Chief Sergeant Smitty, second level, <laughs> E seven, <laughs> um, ordered, and he. Oh, I'm seeing he's yeah, a general. E7, you're, yeah, you're right. You're right. He um, 
And so he does that. And you can see she falls into sort of a comfortable sleep mm-hmm. um, on the cot there. And Peter walks, you know, kneels down beside her and, and pulls the blanket, like a blanket up over her, and she falls asleep. And um, Peter kind of lays his head down on, on her, sort of protectively, takes her hand. And um, before you know it, he, you can hear silent, you know, soft snoring as he sort of collapses from fatigue over her body, kneeling there on the floor next to her. She's on the cot. Jenkins says, well, I guess I'm going to go hungry tonight. He says, um... (laughs) Kind of mutters that under his breath. And he says, um, you know she's not going to come back from that. Or maybe you don't. You haven't been here for this. He says, uh, your friends out there showing some of the same symptoms. Better you put her down now. Or they're going to do what? madness will overtake her eventually. Well, this is still new to us. Maybe, uh, maybe it'll go out of her system for a little bit of time. All right. You always were the optimist. So Smitty outside with the two of you. James, or James and James and Maddie. <clears throat> so can I have my radios back? I actually might be able to help. I was an electrical engineer major, and I could probably boost boost the signal to reach the helicopter. Roll I could just take her with them. Yep. Ooh, where is it? Yeah, I know. Get it in there. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, that was mine. Yeah, roll yeah roll but that was mine, right? Yeah. Okay. You definitely succeeded. That was a six and a six and two ones. Unless you're going to burn your brink. Oh, what does that mean? That means I have to play it. Um, right? I believe if you, when you, your brink is a little different. On your brink, you reroll all the dice. Ooh. Which means you could get more successes or more failures. Mm-hmm. You've succeeded for sure. You'll lose two dice, but you've succeeded two. for sure. Those two ones. That's a big risk. <sighs> That's what it is. If you fail on your brink, then you lose your hope die. Mm. Um, like if I, oh, okay. we're just we're gonna just lose those. We're dice. just gonna lose the one. That's what I like to see. Mm. Yeah. Odds of All right. So what happens? <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, Smitty. 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 Mm-hmm. Smitty 
says that's not going to happen, son. Those radios are ours now, as are the rest of you. And, uh, what's my name? James. (laughs) 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 Like, who am I? Who are these people? Um, James, he's stunned for a second. And we haven't done our truths. You still have your stupid stick with you. You did succeed, by the way. I did succeed. (laughs) So we don't have to do truths, because it's only... Is it in the tent? Is it just Jenkins? Jenkins out of the tent now, Jenkins is in the tent. You're in the tent. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the last thing that happens before everybody rejoins each other. Mm -hmm. And I look over at... Maddie. Maddie. (laughs) And I notice... You know, her... She's got that... glowing eyes still and I just get this fear and rage at this dude that's not letting me that's not going to let us go and I feel this this rage and I just I, I just try to hit him okay so this is going to be called the dire conflict. So this is a special kind of conflict where the outcome of it has dire consequences. It's yeah. going to have a major impact on things going forward, like including major, mm-hmm. major things could happen. So let's do a dire conflict here. Okay. Do you have your I know I have to do something. Yes, yeah. I do. I didn't even get a single six, so anyway. But I mean, you only have to succeed, so. Did you get any ones? No? No. Look at that. No. I mean, there's only four white dice left? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As soon as one of these goes out, the... We get the... Or he gets the number of ones there. So do I still have narrative control? You do. Okay, so as I lunge towards him, I... I've never fought before in my life. I just, I even have my thumb inside my fingers. Oh! Um, and I hit him, but he, there's something behind him that he trips on. It's, it's not enough force to actually hurt him. He kind of laughs at first, but then he trips on this thing. And as he trips, his head just hits part of the tent pole. That hasn't been set up properly, and just impales straight through his head. Oh my god! Oh shit! And oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! And just fuck, fuck, fuck! And Maddie, Maddie, what do we do? What? What? The other soldier is actually at the tent. So you hear, you hear some conflict. Um. What would the what would the two of you like to do? What would you like to do? You haven't done anything for. <laughs> what would Belinda like to do? Uh, well, before all this, I guess this would be happening kind of simultaneously since we're in different spots. Um, I'm 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 sorry, Jenkins. Jenkins wasn't. Did, did you say you 
you weren't going to eat tonight when you were talking about Mary? He says, what? Jenkins says, he looks at you and and he's kind of like, like, takes in what you're saying, but then hears something outside and sort of like pushes past you and says, all right, old lady, out of the way. And he starts moving towards the, he steps out into the, out of the tent. What do you want to do? Uh, seeing that the scene inside the tent is roughly secured, uh, John walks outside of the tent to follow. All right, so the other guard that was standing at the, the other soldier who was standing at the tent flap saw this happen. Mm-hmm. He says, like, his, you can see his, like, like this crazy freak accident happens basically and but then he immediately and he's like he he like kind of goes down to look at smitty and he and he looks up and he looks at you right in the eyes and then he just swings his gun around to try to smack you with the butt of the gun all right so let's roll a conflict here don't forget your hope guy okay Successes? Five and six. Well, not <laughs> yeah. all the single success and the so ages. So five on my hope, so that's a success, right? Oh, yeah. wow. You yeah, succeeded. You have narrative control. Yeah. <laughs> Being the athletic young lad that I am, and quick on my feet, and full of fucking adrenaline, because I just killed, impaled a dude's head, um, I'm able to dodge the butt of his gun and I but in the process I fall right next to Smitty's body who's just been impaled and I'm shaking and still seeing this huge soldier above me kind of stumbling as he missed me I notice that that I mean Smitty had a sidearm on him and I pull that sidearm and just fucking move, man. Like, I just, just, just back off, back off. He raises his hands and takes a couple steps back as the two of you emerge from the tent. What would you like to do, Maddie? Yeah, yeah, you fucking back off. You fucking back off. Oh, okay. Fuck, 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 fuck. What do we do? What do we do? Mm. You're kind of like standing at the tent and you can see there's the big gaping hole in the, the wall basically right behind you. Leads into sort of the void, the blackness that seems to encompass the entirety of the, of the, the base, Fort Victor. And which sort of gives, again, it fills you with this sort of simultaneous feeling of salvation and ruin. And it's right, basically right there. That hole in the wall. It's a big, like, it looks actually what it is as a tank went through the wall. 
That's what I was thinking. So you can actually probably see, like, you know, a tank went through that wall, and it's sort of that. The damage on the sides and stuff. That's so cool. What are you doing to Mary? And the gun is, I'm shaking with the gun, you know, and... He's like, he's like, he's like, what are you gonna do? He's like, what are you? Put, just put down the gun, son. Put down the gun, son. And, and is Jenkins, is, Jenkins is like walking behind him. Put the gun down. Put the gun down. No, Big J, get this guy to put his gun down. Put the you gun guys, down. What are they doing and they're like there? getting closer and closer to you. He was gonna eat her. He was gonna, and I. Wait, he Roll was a gonna, conflict. He was gonna what? Roll a conflict. <laughs> Joking when I said he was good eating, but I think this man said it meant it. Oh my god. It's a six. Oh my god. You have narrative control. Rob is never playing with these dice again. (laughs) Are there sixes on these dice? I smelled those af- right after I asked you what. There you go. They're weighted <laughs> to I, I, it's, just, it's remarkable. That's, it's oh my God. Very remarkable. Jesus Christ. Um, as <laughs> Jenkins, Jenkins, uh, did I kill Jenkins already? No. 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 Smitty is as dead. Smitty is dead, impaled. As oh. Jenkins gets closer, I just start. I, I'm already crying because you know I do that, and I shaking. I. Aim the gun and just shoot at his knee. Okay. You blow off his kneecap. Oh. Jenkins falls to the ground, spins around. What's the other one's name? Uh, we didn't get Graves. It. Graves. Graves. Uh, yell at Graves. Go through the hole now. I'll fucking shoot you too. All right. Graves takes a couple steps back. You know, stepping away from Jenkins, who's like screaming in agony. And he goes running through the hole. Just rushes off and just goes through the hole without hesitation. And then you start to hear this howling sound. It's like a cacophony of discordant animals just echoing, echoing into the night. Um, sort of combining with Jenkins' screams in agony as his kneecap was just exploded off of his body into this horrific sound that's just the only sound you hear other than all of your intensity. The other guard comes running out to um, the one who was in the who was in the tent, kind of watching over. Um, watching over Mary? Yeah, Mary and Peter who had fallen asleep on her. You notice that Peter and Mary don't come running out. I don't know. John grabs the weapons off Jenkins and looks at the, the doctor that comes out of the tent just goes Jenkins just went ballistic started shooting at people going crazy we had to take him down so Jenkins is on the ground screaming Smitty 
has a spike through his face. (laughs) (laughs) Seems legit. So, someone, a roll conflict. Roll conflict. Use your hope die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you better hope. And he's armed now, by the way. I can can see sixes on your sides. There is no sixes. One, uh, One, one, and a six. Do you have a virtue or anything to burn? Uh, he's got... Oh, <laughs> Point God. the gun at yourself. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. That's your brink. Nobody's supposed to know that. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, so unless you want to spend your brink, you're going to lose that die. Uh, you want to burn you, your brink. If you spend your brink... You have to roll all the dice. So I, I mean, the way success. Rob's rolling, I would just like go that one. I'm like inclined because like, oh, I don't want to do this, and uh, I don't need success. Yes, you succeeded, mm-hmm. so you have narrative control, and yeah. you succeed. Yeah. So re-rolling them may not be a good thing. You so, could lose uh, that success. You could I lose mean, more it's dice. One, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could roll more. It's it's like. Okay, the uh, doctor seen. Um, maybe he's like new to the the group, uh, or from what I'm figuring out, he's new, he's new to the platoon, and seeing the history that I had with uh, Jenkins, he starts realizing oh there was some some past things that that, uh, that he he know he knows of, of this character, and he was also the the young doctor's like getting. Some of those same vibes and stuff from him, and says, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe you, but I'm not gonna fully trust exactly everything you're saying." But uh, um, right, so he makes the decision. I'll kind of take over here. He yeah. he makes the decision to believe you, not out of the fact how the facts have added up, but because he's seen Jenkins do some things. And he was a little bit more along the ride, along for the ride with Smitty and Jenkins and and such. Um, that being said, he steps out of the tent and and he starts and and he listens to you, what you say. He you can see he looks over at the bodies and he he nods his head, and then he kind of starts looking around as you just hear the sounds and they seem to be getting louder, seem to be approaching you. Closer and closer. So they're coming, like, is there a way to pinpoint where the sounds are coming from? The from the forest, basically. That's okay. adjacent to the... Fuck. Fuck. James. Jenkins is still, like, screaming his head off. Because, well, yeah, yeah. his okay. kneecap. <laughs> He's screaming and sobbing. It's, like, kind of like both. Guess we got a decoy. We got someone who can go on ahead and draw those things in and while well, we go head off because I think it's about time that we head off now head off to where yeah, oh, we can I, drag him into the woods I'm not quite sure but you know eventually we all meet our end you motherfucker god damn it you blew my knee off well, maybe your leg will taste good to yourself <laughs> Dark lady. Blood <laughs> <laughs> is a fucking master. <laughs> so, 
scary black, scary black news of unknown <sighs> shit or that. What have I done? It's getting closer and louder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go on in, guys. I'm yeah. gonna go. Let's just leave the the bait here. Let's just. We don't. Do we want to keep running like this for our whole lives? Jenkins, you're 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 all right. You're you're all right. You're, you're gonna be okay. So you say. So he's he's kind of like leaning up against sort of the tent, sort of half to the side of the tent, and there's sort of this. It's brush it off, dude. A, brush it off. There's a little off. bit of light coming out Walk from the tent off. flap opening, but for the most part, you're in the dark. And Jenkins is like he's like screaming, and then all of a sudden, he seems to get dragged away, and he's like. And he reaches his hands out, and you can just see his arm just dragged away. And he just there's this line of in the dirt from his hands trying to claw off the dirt, and he's gone. And you just hear the the screeches and the and the howling and the cacophony of the horrific noises that are sort of sound like all animals at once. And I unload the rest of the clip of the gun to the noises. Okay, into the woods. Mm-hmm. Alright, roll, roll a conflict. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Use your own time. <laughs> I know that was yours. That is a whole lot of twos and a five. And I, once again, did not roll a single six. Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> Seven dice. It's got to be statistically impossible. <laughs> Well, you can burn your brink and re-roll everything, or but you have to reveal your brink in a sort of narrative way. Oh, you didn't get any ones. Oh, because you didn't succeed either. I didn't succeed. Oh. So, I, what do I if I fail? You have to sort of play your brink out. Yeah. I know what your brink is. Yeah. yeah. Um. So if I burn it, I have to play it. You have to play. You re-roll everything, but you have to store. You you wanna the brink is you play it. Okay. You know? All right. Here we go. Yeah. That's a good angle, though. It's actually kind of a perfect moment to play that brink. I re-roll, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's a shit ton of ones and ones. <laughs> oh, my lord. Wait, wait, wait. Did you get a success? You did. Oh, my God. But I lost two dollars. Oh, wait, but hold on. I roll mine. Oh, fuck. That one's bot. <laughs> I got one six. Oh, no. So I have narrative control. No. <laughs> Uh-oh. And I own all these dice. <laughs> so, okay. It's a lot so, of pretty dice. I was wondering about that. So James unloads the clip. And it goes click, click, click after the clip is empty. And he takes a few staggered steps backwards. And James, you just start hearing these voices in your head. And it reminds you and it's and you hear your friends' voices in your head calling for you, yelling for you to help them, not to leave them, piercing you with regret and remorse for what you've done, 
you take a step back and you can just feel the hollowness in your being and know that this is who you are. You're a, you're not a loyal friend. You're not courageous. You're a survivor. And you're just going to have to live with this once more. As James goes sprinting off, rushing into the open break in the wall and into the blackness of the void beyond. What would the rest of you like to do? You can hear the screeching getting closer and closer. Understands sometimes your your road comes to an end. Sometimes your road continues, and you just gotta take a chance. So she's gonna start heading on into the the opening in the wall. Okay. <laughs> She'll get there tomorrow <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I I asked the military doctor, "Have you seen anybody come back back out of that?" The uh, the darkness after going through the hole. He says, <clears throat> I haven't. He says, but my duty here is clear. And he um, gives you a handshake and he looks back into the tent where his, there's two patients that he's attending to. And he pulls out the gun, his rifle moves into the tent and sort of kneels down or, or squats yeah basically sits down in the chair right in front of the cot or the two of where Peter and Mary are facing his gun out to the opening of the tent his rifle what about you Maddie? She 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 watches she watches the doctor go into the tent. She just kind of, and then she looks back the way that the like the that's Smitty or Jenkins whoever no Jenkins Jenkins got dragged. He got go. Ow. Where through the hole or continuing on? Hercules and badass are heading there. Let's fucking go. All right. And she and she just she's like she's been rubbing her arms, and it's just getting deeper and deeper. And she's just fuck. And she just disappears into the black void. John follows in reluctantly. Follows in afterwards. Okay, um, why don't you go ahead, Mindy, and okay, Maddie, Maddie. Good luck. <laughs> Let's roll a conflict. Here. Oh, do, you, do you have your hope die? I don't. No, because no, my 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 uh, dad tried to try to stab me. Right, right. Dude, you see this? <laughs> That's so really 
I did not roll a possible? single six. Nice, nice. So, so, uh, so, nice um, did you roll a six? I rolled a no. one. Oh, yeah. Can I burn my my drug addiction to try to reroll? Yeah, that play it. Play. I mean, how would it? How would that apply? Oh, you have been doing the rubbing in the arm. Okay. She she gets to the to the void, and she stops. Buddy. Buddy, you still got that, uh, you did the first aid kit, right? And there was a little bit more in one of those shots that I gave you. I was wondering if you would need more. Um, yes, okay. And he empties the rest of the, uh, the rest of the syringe <laughs> into her arm. Alright, go ahead and burn that, that vice then. It's warm. <laughs> it's let's warm. see here. You gotta roll a six to succeed. Please so God, that's nope. a five. Oh, uh, okay. No, but you don't lose the die, though. Right? No, I, no. no. But, but um, you're gonna get all. You're gonna so. Um, <laughs> like, we're about to blow. All right, yeah. So so pull out, put out a candle. Do. It looks pretty low on wax. I know. This one's like super low on wax. There should be. There should be. There's five. Wait, we get dice back? Yeah. These things are true. It is dark. If you have a plate this size, we can put it on there too and stop the smoke. Just saying. Yeah. Um. It is. These things are true. It is dark. The black void feels like the warmth. Of a hug. Feels like the warmth of a hug when you're deep in mourning. Through that morning, it's like you're uh, being uh, reborn anew, like every all the uh, past, everything else uh, that you may have regretted were things in your life that pushed through you. The void is cold. All right. And? pass through and you feel this sort of like warm hug um, of morning um, in many ways it sort of feels like you know if you were going through something hard and your favorite pet sort of jumped onto your lap and you sort of felt their soft fur or their um, coarse hair against you and Maybe a lick or a tail wagging up against your side or a nose nuzzling up against you. And then that's immediately followed by this just sort of coldness. 
but it's not completely dark on the other side of the void because there is a sort of a uh, a roaring flame and smoke rising from the ruins of a, a helicopter that crashed um, just inside can't tell for certain but it sure looks like it was probably the helicopter that you saw fly by just not not too long ago and um, in the light the firelight it's all quiet other than that but you can hear the crackle of flames and in the firelight, you can see sort of a figure on the ground, sort of in silhouette, um, dragging itself closer towards you, trying to move away from the flaming helicopter. Um, Maddie and, well, okay. John, um, you kind of hear some of the things that your friends, like when you're on the other side, they just kind of like make some exclamations or say a couple of words. And for a second, it just doesn't make any sense to you. Like you hear the words, but the words are like meaningless to you. Um, and Maddie, you feel like your instincts are sharpened, like it is dark, but you can almost sort of see the sharp edges. You can see, it's as if you are like a nocturnal creature. And although you can't see in the dark, you feel comfortable viewing things in the dark. What would you all like to do? Or a crackle. It's probably rabbit or rosin coming in. <laughs> <laughs> or some sort creature. of abomination <clears throat> animal. Yeah. So we're, we've made it through to the other side. Mm -hmm. I mean, is there any structure or anything or? yeah there's several buildings it's like <clears throat> within there is um there are like a number of of repeatable identical houses um sort of lining see within any other people you don't see any other people no any lights just the fire on the i'm gonna run towards the fire run towards the guy okay run all right roll a conflict <laughs> I am being courageous, running out of fire. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. How many ones do you have? Uh, just one. Right, so you but I don't have a. I don't have a success. So you're gonna roll that one, okay? Yeah. You roll that one <clears throat> and burn your burn your thing. Oh, that's God. God damn it! I didn't roll the one, one again. All right, burn it. Yep. Oh my God. Get ready. Put, 
right for my hand. It, just it did go right for your hand. No. <laughs> You're highly combustible, it seems. Alright, you go running for the helicopter. And blow out another candle. Oh no. Just one. I think, oh, um, there's this, this one. Oh, don't yeah. move it. Oh, she's blowing it out anyway. So. Um, I think you should have to blow it out where it is. Okay. <laughs> or what? Yeah, just blow it out, Bianca. Put it back. <laughs> we don't want to set her on fire because no. she has to lean no. over to blow no. on. I mean, there's other candles on this yeah, side. Yeah, but that one's going to go out. It was the, the wax was lower. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the the um, you run over and you see the figure. You act courageously and you run over and you realize what a mistake you've made because the figure, the front half of it was human and is human, dragging itself along, trying desperately to get away from this abomination animal-like creature smaller about the size of a cat but with features of a number of different monsters uh, different animals mostly um mostly animals are like domesticated animals so there's looks like there's maybe some cat some dog in it maybe even like a ferret um but much more vicious and and sort of extended and and strange and it's just just chomping on seeming to devour flesh bone blood in a way that belies its small size um as the as the helicopter pilot desperately tries to escape but you can see that there's no escape. He, he, well, there's no, there's no way that he is going to, to, um, survive the injuries that he's taken. And, um, several more of the creatures come out into the, come out towards you as you run over and you blindly go running off the rest of the rest of your group you've seen these creatures approach you go running deeper into the into Fort Victor kind of coming out of <clears throat> blindly running through the the residential area and you come out into this sort of large training grounds and there's a there's several hills and there's some trees and they're strange looking trees they're sort of they were once trees, you can tell, but they've just melted down now and become these crazy shapes, um, almost like these strange sort of, uh, almost like a weird structure, almost <clears throat> alien structure in a lot of ways, um, sort of a, a strange alien forest of these trees going through this rolling hills and you can see you can tell it's like a battlefield area because there's a there are these two old cannons right at the entrance to it like right on the bottom of the hill there's a couple of cars nearby there's also like a um 
like a, a Humvee that's partially up the hill and it looks like it's sort of been somewhat it's it's still in full condition but it's been like kind of half there's these this melted tree form has grown over part of it sort of holding it in place and you kind of the echoes of these monstrous creatures has sort of died off as you blindly run as a group to this new area and um, you stop desperately trying to catch your breath especially you Belinda um, <laughs> old lady Belinda and behind good. you is the residential area in front of you is this disturbing sort of foresty not forest but alien landscape almost in front of you and as you kind of look at it, it's dark, obviously. Um, but the the tree, alien tree, seems to sort of glow with a color similar to the glow in Maddie's eyes. And actually, Maddie, you can see as you look at it, kind of able to pick out things. And you can see that there are creatures moving around within, although they're hard to see. They're almost shadowy as they move through. What would you all like to do? gonna head on over to the screaming pilot and put him out of his misery. Oh, you're well past. You well run past far him? from the oh, pilot. Running. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> oh, he's dead. And there was it got too dangerous. There was all these creatures all around it. So yeah. yeah. I'm probably gonna die Again, there's the Hummer there. There's a couple of other cars there, like just normal civilian-type cars. Um, you know, because military folk have normal lives. So there's a couple of cars I'll on the street. I'll go check out the, the Humvee and see if there's keys in it. And you said there were residential houses? You're kind of on the or, end of the edge uh, of the residential area. So there's residential houses, like, right behind you. Yeah. And then there's this strange sort of forest in front of you. Um, you know that, um, so John, you know that sort of there's these, these large fields that they conduct some drills in, mostly like marching drills and things like that. And then beyond that are sort of the oldest buildings on base. And those are like where, um, the commanders sort of operate, um, those are sort of the most official buildings. Um, and then there's also, and then beyond them even are, you know, where most most things take place. Um, the airfields are back there. Beyond that, um, the, you know, the, the, the warehouses, everything that, like, all of the other stuff is back in that area. Look over and I see like uh, Belinda looking for, at the uh, Humvee. Like, uh, yeah, you're on the right idea. We should all get into a vehicle and at least scout around this place in something relative safety. All right, Belinda, why don't you roll a conflict then and see what you find in it? 
Are you doing a, are you going to the Humvee or are you going to the other cars? Okay. Hang on, one of those that flew three sixes. No sixes. Nicely done. Jesus Christ. All right, so, so there's a badass. You have very much a full tank of gas. The stereo still works. AC is blasting. Heated seats. What? Two rocket launchers. Yeah, so the the Humvee is in great shape. It's like a gift handed to us. It's full of gas. There's keys in it. It looks like someone hurried off. Um, The battery is still good because turning on the car to test. Um, And... There's no weapons in the car, but the car is ready to go. Um, And as Belinda looks over to go let her, the other people know, she picks up a very faint green light in John's eyes that kind of matches Maddie's. Even though he didn't use a syringe, Scratches. Is it the syringe or the scratches that's doing the, the problem? She doesn't say anything quite yet. All right. So you begin to rub the in, rev the engines of the of the Humvee, and yes, it's full of gas. It's in great shape, not damaged at all. You offed it in easily, but it's gripped by one of those tree, those plants. Like I said, it's sort of been overrun by one of those plants. So let's roll another conflict here and see if you can get it out of there. So how well, I didn't get well, any sixes. All your sixes. I got three sixes. Oh <laughs> good lord. Oh do you you have uh I do. Well you don't have any ones though to re-roll so it wouldn't even matter. Oh. Alright. <clears throat> All right. Um, take out another blonde with a candle. We didn't do the the four the thing for four. So. Oh, we didn't do truths, did we? Oh, we didn't. Whoops. We'll do them here. We missed it. <clears throat> These things are true. It is dark. And the tree that's gripping the Humvee is spreading. I know I'm thinking. Oh, sorry. Okay. I, think, I, think, I thought he said it. I'm having a problem with the truth for some reason. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, and. We haven't eaten in a very long time. Mm. Are you going to make it? And those are the truths. And we, we are, are alive. alive. You rev the engine, 
and you rip free of the growth and you can see it sort of tearing up and you go roaring off um, piling through over and around the, the field and there's this sort of tree this, this sort of growth is just sort of splattering all around um, and as you're going through the trees the or this sort of alien forest you hear sort of this screeching um, this animalistic screeching and it's as though the thing is that the, the, the forest is trying to pull you in, trying to pull you back. But you just rev the engine. You're not fucking around, Belinda. <laughs> <laughs> Belinda the bad. And you tear through, <clears throat> pulling through the edge, through the, through the training grounds. It's, it's a hellaciously horrible um, ride. And you smell, the whole time you smell that that rot um, and it's like getting inside of you you just can feel it like in your especially you Manny you're it's like it's it's so strong to you like you can um, you can feel it and and John um, you're scratching you know you're you're you're, you're Arms are scratched, a little itchy a little bit. And, and, you know, so you kind of, like, move aside the bandage. And you just notice that, like, your arm's, like, covered in fur. Like, both of your arms are just covered in this, like, matted fur. Um, and you're kind of, like, sitting in there. And you realize you're kind of, like, you're a little bit hunched over. Just, like, a little... Just kind of, like, you're just... you Just your posture is different. Like, you notice it a little bit. You're, you're more of a ready to spring at any moment kind of posture hmm. and you finally peel out um, you hit the street on the other side of the of the training grounds and you hear this like <laughs> as you realize that all of the rubber on your tires has been totally ripped off mm-hmm. and you're just on you just there's like sparks and you're just <laughs> as you move out of the forest finally and before you stands this essentially a large very large um, command building and several auxiliary buildings and there is a on the, the third floor sort of on the right side there's a light on one of the rooms. What would you like to do? Before we get out of the Humvee, or as people are getting out, John takes the one of the syringe they had hidden from the box in and gives himself about a third of it. Alright, roll a conflict here. Two sixes. 
I did get a six, but I I <clears throat> only got one, so you retain narrative control. So, uh, yeah, he puts conserving the amount of in the syringe and thinking about it, he just pumps just about a fourth to a third of the contents of the syringe in and instantly gets the, the tinge and sudden coldness that he's heard were, were some of the symptoms of it and notices the uh, he's still retaining the speed and agility kind of feel, but the hair starts kind of backing off a little bit and isn't growing quite as much and kind of going back into his arm and shape mm. kind of goes, but he still has like this overly uh, blood moving really quickly through his body feeling like he's just been working out for like 10 hours straight. <laughs> and then climbs out of the puppy. So again, the grounds are there's sort of this open field in front, all dead grass. It's all just this dead, almost weird, like melted grass um, that leads up to this. Sort of double doors at the top of the sort of stairs. Um, think of kind of a large plantation house is sort of what it looks like a bit. Light blinking in the third floor window. Um, kind of a candle in the window almost like a, like you would see sort of at Christmas time, but just in one window. And again, there are several auxiliary buildings. And you know even further into the base, into the fort, you would find... Um, you know, barracks, you find the airstrip, um, supplies, all that stuff. But this is the command building, which is kind of at the center of the fort. Belinda will start making a, her way towards a doorway to get into that building. Okay. And I'm close by. Belinda, but just completely silent. Maddie's going to follow. Um, are there any of those trees nearby? No, you're mostly out of the forested area. Okay. She'll she'll look over her shoulder at the fort at the at the trees. How tall are those trees? Um. They range in size, but they probably go... Like, they look strange. Like, they're almost like weird mounds now um, mm-hmm. that extend maybe 20... As high as 20 feet. But as you're just look, looking at them, shining a bit of light so you can kind of see... Or actually, you're able to kind of see with your... Mm-hmm. You can see that they seem to be just, like, extending and growing. Just, like, ever so slightly in these kind of strange looping forms. Um, yeah, these sort of strange kind of looping forms, and they seem to be kind of connecting together. Almost patterning, but not a, like a really, if it's a pattern, it's a really complicated pattern. At one point, Maddie is looking at the trees, and, and she ends up catching sight of one of them. And for a second, it looks like it's it's gotten two dips and then a longer dip and mm. then she blinks and then it just goes back to the the swirling patterns and she's just like 
And then she just runs after Belinda and James to to try to get inside. All right, so... Let me do. Come on, let's go. You head to the door. Belinda, roll a conflict. See what's going on at the door. sixes, but you didn't roll any ones to re-roll. Um, so, put another candle. These things are true. It is dark. And the door is unlocked. And we, and we, we are, are alive. alive. The door is unlocked, and you push it open. And your eyes are. Do you have flashlights, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You sweep the flashlights around the room within and it's sort of like a uh, an entry there's an you know it's a it's a nice entryway and there's a you can see that there's you know some paintings some old paintings of like old military formations and things like that you know sort of like revolutionary war civil war stuff like paintings and everything like that there's some you know nice old wooden furniture and and things like that um, but there's also these, there's like this sort of runner rug. And there's this, um, these sort of sets of stairs that go up on either side. And there are like these tears in the rug. And you're flashing the flashlight across around. And your flashlight goes across and you see this form this massive form was completely silent. This dog, but like bipedal dog man creature, probably seven and a half, eight feet tall, just rippling with muscles. Some fragments of clothes have sort of hang from him, um, from the creature. Um, but he is, his, like, as he looks down, his eyes sort of glance over you and all four of you, you just feel this sort of hopelessness just going a wave over you. And as you look up at this creature who you you can't even believe exists standing up at the top of the stand of uh, the landing landing up above you just all of these regrets just cycling through your head regrets of how you treated animals how you you can see these scenes of for those of you who are your characters are meat eaters like you you envision these animals that were 
pumped full of of um, of testosterone and chemicals and made to grow huge and fat in these cages that were way too small for them and then never saw anything beyond that and then just butchered and you're just stuffing your face with this food and you can see in your mind's eye just like you're ripping apart these animals um, these defenseless animals and you're sort of feeling it at the core of your being or um or you know the you you go to the you see mom, a moment where you picked out um let's see here uh john you picked out um your dog scout when you were a kid and you went to the you went to the pound where you picked out scout Scout was like, you know, the smartest and best dog there, you know. But you left behind all these other animals, and then you just see them, like, the, later that night, this sort of abusive trainer walking in, and as the, as he does, the dogs, um, the other dogs and cats in the place sort of scamper to the corner and in fear, and, and several of them are brought out um, abused and then finally put down and you're just feeling like what you could have done all of you could have done you're all having these these thoughts sort of race through your head of sort of viciously taking advantage of animals and not treating them right as these creatures and it's these glowing eyes are kind of looking down over all of you um <laughs> And then a second creature steps out behind him, behind the, the, the dog-like creature, and it's a cat-like creature. And it's sort of just ma- meowing softly. Um, <laughs> All right, what would you like to do? The creature is looming over you, sort of this edifice of animalistic power, kind of shaming you all mentally. Without, um, because James has the rifle picked up earlier, mm-hmm. um, without aiming it, without being aggressive, just kind of like looks down to check the uh, ammo from the from the side of the clip. All right, roll a conflict. If you can see it. And I know we're down to the last of the right here. Hey, a six. Any ones? No. All right. Well, you did succeed, but I have three successes. Oof. Oh, oh shit! I forgot the rules this time. Roll it. Go ahead. Oh, okay. No, I probably won't. But it's a four. It's a four. All right. So, um, so I have narrative control. You're checking the clip, and the creature pads down the stares towards you. You're all sort of frozen as the creature is moving closer and closer. It's it, it, it's only one set of eyes but it seems to be keeping its glancing from each one of you and you're it's keeping you sort of frozen as it's moving closer. The cat-like creature, smaller maybe five feet tall, but sort of like deadly cat-like creature with its like these long claws is moving down. They um 
walking down the stairs, each step you can hear this sort of scritching as the as the um, carpet is just sort of ripped up as the cat creature follows along after the dog creature. And there, you can see there's like the way they move is animalistic and humanistic. Um, and John, you feel like this um, like kinship almost with them. Like you feel like like um, almost like you did with your army buddies or your, your military buddies like where you sort of feel like maybe you're part of the same pack. You on the other hand sense this um, Maddie you sense this sort of strong level of danger like and you kind of actually feel like a certain level of control over yourself right now like you even though you're the, the drugs are coursing through your veins still um they're starting to wear down a little bit but you feel a little bit of control there and clip seems like it's pretty full looks like it's a full clip Hey. I mean, there's a cat-like creature, so. What's doing, Owen? I took you. Thank you. What'd you like to do? James. <laughs> well, Belinda Fruits. is. You think you got it? I've, maybe. <laughs> um, feeling all the shock and everything that has happened, and then feeling these creatures mentally invade and put this weight on. Um, James walks towards. The creature, the cat creature, crying and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and just drops to his knees in front of him. All right, roll a conflict. Do I still have my hope? You still have hope. <laughs> Somehow, I don't think he does. I can't see. What is that? <laughs> oh. Six. Oh, that was dramatic. I have two sixes. Oh, hang on, I've got a. No, can't. No, 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 no. We got it. We got it. We got it. it. Yeah, this is a three, a five, and that's a six. Okay. Yeah. Okay. James is broken. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Did you have? Yeah. Who are you or am I? Well, I, I have narrative control. Oh, there mm-hmm. we go. The um, the cat creature kneels down at you and sort of um, kind of nuzzles at the side of your face, and then just takes the claws and just goes. Whoosh. 
and leaves these scratches across the side of your face and then kind of turns tail wisping behind it and you assume kind of presume it's a her and then goes back up the stairs and out off the top of the landing the dog creature um moves over towards you John and kind of looks into your eyes and rips the bandages off your arms revealing it's still kind of hairy <laughs> it's not it's quite so hairy, hairy. Right, right but yeah. still a little bit of, a little bit of, I got hairy arms anyway <laughs> it's a different kind of hair. A little though. hard to tell. It's dark too. <laughs> yeah. Good role playing there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, he does that, and then um, yeah. you hear some other howling, um, like a, just a little bit of like sort of yelping and howling, and then the the dog creature in front of you goes. Arr! And then you start, you hear this return of this howling, these sort of dogs, and then you hear also this yowling, caterwauling sound. And it seems to be getting closer and closer and closer. What would you like to do? Maddie feels the cold metal of the crowbar in, in the palm of her hand. And she just stares at this dog creature and she just goes. The dog's not looking at Maddie right yeah. now at all. Yeah, she's, she's still looking at him. She's going like, I'm going down, but you're going with me. And she just, she, she just kind of runs in. It's a bit strange because it looks like she's running and jumping, but what's happening is that like some of her, 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 hair is turned into leaves and her skin is taking on kind of a bark-like consistency and when she jumps she's, her feet sort of stay almost on the ground but the rest of her is still propelled forward and it grows and she's she's bringing up the crowbar her eyes sink into, into the skull her jaw distends and the crowbar comes down Smashes into the into the into the dog creature's head. All right. Well, let's roll a conflict here. Yep. You have two die. Good luck. I have two die. Uh, I got a that six. That's amazing. I didn't roll any sixes. Oh I have God. one six. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I know. He's flipping those over in, in our favor. It sensed how awesome my description was. Yeah, so you have narrative control. Amazing, yes. Yeah. The, the crowbar comes down, and it's the, it's the, it's the hook of the crowbar that, that smashes down. She's something about the, the shape of the skull has she's found that divot and for like the the crowbar is is still metal but it's somehow gotten that bark too and it's just and it smashes and the 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 head just sort of splits 
It looks startled for a moment as it's still keeping its eyes locked on John's. And and John can see in real time as the as the creature just kind of pauses and waits and then realizes what's going on. And it it start it tries to react and then it just starts to slump. The 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 force of the blow the you hear a snapping sound as the as the the bark that has grown it's become too thin and the weight of it just cracks and the weight of this underfed girl <laughs> just kind of like collapses against this guy rather than looking awesome she just kind of looks almost like she's hugging him as the two of them land on the ground <laughs> Her eyes, like, you can see the eyes trying to appear in the sockets, and then they sink again, and then they appear. Her jaw grows teeth. It recedes. The teeth then become, like, pine needles. (laughs) And then, that's all I got. Howling is still approaching. <laughs> yeah, so the the dog sort of the dog creature collapses to the ground and you start to hear this padding and noise and thought something is approaching and the doors well, at the front, I guess, are still open. And you see these dog and cat-like creatures begin pouring into the doors, leaping towards all of you. Um, what would you like to do? John from points the, uh, uh, points the rifle at the closest one coming towards, goes for a headshot. All right, go ahead and roll a conflict here. Don't forget your brink, too. I love your brink. It's perfect. Come on, now. It's a five, five out of four. Six. Uh, is the, the good die is a six. That's a six. Oh, oh my god, god, it's a six. I swear. I mean, you see you this, right? Are you Did you roll like four sixes or seven? I rolled no sixes. Oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> The candles are just gonna burn out. <laughs> my ble- my yeah. blessed eye got got. Uh, I have got literally. Oh, I don't even understand God. it. You had to run of like rolling sixes in three turns, but that's it. So um, yeah, so I just started taking some headshots of a couple of the dogs Ooh, that are boards. Uh, how many are they? Well, it's more of a uh, kind of thing, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so you're blasting away, but as you're getting, as you're doing that, you're finding that like there's this scent, and there's this energy, and you can see that there's like this kind of like dander and fur, and the light is just bouncing around everywhere, and it's in the air, and you can smell it's coming into your nostrils, and your senses are changing. You hear your companions like making noises and saying words to you, and it's like you can't understand them. 
the barking and the yowling makes more sense to you. It starts to like become a language that you understand and you start to feel like, why am I fighting my pack? Like, why am I attacking my pack? Exactly. Let's go on with that. Yeah, exactly. If, uh, feeling conflicted. Yeah, you're like, you're, you're on the verge of like human and animal exactly. right now. Of like two packs and two missions. And all of you can see one. that, that, um, John, like, is, he's like hunching over and like his arms and legs are like changing and he's like, his exposed arms are now like covered in fur. And like even his face is starting to become furry. His mouth is, and it's starting to extend out, like to be more dog-like. Jane, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, she's a badass. She's a badass, but she's old. <laughs> she understands when her you can sacrifice yourself. Her to ticket it is coming up. So instead of continuing to run and fight she just sits down and she pulls off her little cat head jewel pin and just sits there looking at it thinking about all of the cats that she's come to love over the years but still mourning leaving that one in the bathroom and she could never forgive herself and just waits all right, so roll a, roll a conflict. That's your, oh. that's your good guy. Yeah. I am seeing this. <laughs> You're going to the darkest. Whoops. That one, that oh, wait. That one's nope. Hot. I got a six. Got a six there. And a one. And a one. Oh, no. I also have a six, so you succeed. Are you going to do that? Yeah. yeah, can I burn it and re-roll? Honest. That is being honest, for sure. she's being honest sure. with herself. Her time is here. Quick, we gotta, we gotta take a picture. No. Oh my god, that's so bright. Oh my god. Alright, yeah. now roll. I still have light. And a six. Wow. <laughs> you have narrative control, then. Yes! <laughs> oh my god. Wow. So... <laughs> oh my god as she's sitting there knowing that her time is coming to an end uh, out of the pack of random animals creatures comes the animal that she left in the bathroom and it comes over to her and it sits in her lap to bring her comfort in her final moments. Is that your moment? Yeah. Okay, well, go ahead and roll. We can do that. You can actually do both of those. So roll your moment. Girlfriend. Mm-mm. Yeah. Two twos. You're a ballerina. Yeah, so you do not succeed on your moment. Aww. So you have that moment. Of, um, go ahead and burn your moment. Oh, oh kitty. Is he going to turn evil? The cat moves into your, the cat, the cat moves into your, into your lap. And 
you cuddle to it. And you look down at the cat. It's this beautiful, comforting cat. And then as you're petting on it, its fur starts coming off in your hand. Oh. And you start feeling like bones and ribs and spine and you see it's like all the fur is like stuck on your hands and you can't seem to get the fur off because the thing is starved it's just this hollow husk sitting in your lap it wasn't it was all in your head that it had come to you um and you see, all of the rest of you see Belinda sitting there, but there's nothing in her lap. She's she's talking to something, um, but she's not, there's nothing actually in her lap. And um, you're in a world of your own making right now, in your own head. And you can just see the tears are just streaming down her face and blow out another candle. These things are true. It is dark. And we are alive. <laughs> so we're down to the final candle, and this is a... Things change. Um, any failed action results in your death. And it doesn't matter what I roll. Every you, Everybody gets narrative control over their death. So you get to decide how your character dies. Um, the um, let's see here. Maddie mm -hmm. is transformed into this strange creature. You're feeling this animalistic, John. You're feeling this animalistic call. You're in the on the verge of these two things. Belinda seems to have given up. She sits on the floor, and these cat creatures are prowling all over her, looking like they're ready to feast. What's James doing? James has been kneeling after he he's kneeling on the ground, still repeating "thank you, thank you, thank you" after he was horribly gorged and slashed in his face by the cat and he turns and sees that Belinda had attacked one of the creatures Maddie oh Maddie no, sorry. sorry no it's okay <laughs> attack the dog yeah attack yeah. the dog and feels she needs to, or he needs to, to try to defend the the dog creature and other creatures against Maddie. All right, so roll your dice. So what do we have? You have the one. Your, you've got your I've got my hope. And the, where did the other one go? Did we have one? Do I have them all? I, I do have them all. Yeah, yeah, so here's yours. Do you think? <laughs> You'll probably roll more sixes than me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't see what the hell that is. 
Dude, I did not roll a single six. I rolled a three and a four. Do you have anything else to burn? No, you know. I have nothing. I have my tissue that I started with to burn. <laughs> don't, don't burn that. My monogram. Okay. See, it is monogrammed. <laughs> you wrote it, dude. So describe your describe the final moments of James. So James sees Maddie attack this dog creature, and I feel this anger that you're attacking my my kin and he gets up as he gets up his jaw from being slashed just kind of like falls down off of his face and he starts running towards you mm-hmm. and screaming but since there's no bottom jaw it's just this gargling and and fluid that's coming out and he gets to you and he tries to hit you but you grow like you were doing um, and part of your branches just come out and before he can actually get to you just shoot out in defense and just stops it mid-track impaled so it's kind of like you're you were defending yourself subconsciously like without even knowing Belinda the creatures cat creatures leap to descend upon you. Roll a conflict. I think that's a six, Gretchen. I think that might be... Oh, yeah! (laughs) You can sacrifice yourself if you'd like. You own narrative control. So... Uh Or you can survive. You Actually, one. I own narrative control, uh, but yeah, you, you succeed. One. So, um, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so I succeed. The the cat creatures swarm around you, and. Without your resistance, they grab a hold of you. You can feel claws biting into your skin. You just feel this agonizing pain. And you think that your moment of regret and remorse is going to come to an end. But, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be the case. As they drag your body towards the door that was underneath the two staircases that go up which bursts open and there is this 
massive beast. A bigger than anything you've seen. It's sort of a a combination of the terrors of all of your imaginings, all of the things that you all of your regrets, all of the animals that you tortured and tormented by allowing them to be farmed and grown in these small cages and it's the worst thing of your twisted imagination um, and they hold you in place as the creature comes out and looms over you make another contest here Okay. Describe the last moments of Belinda. God, I don't even know. <laughs> oh. So as Belinda is dragged in to the doors to this horrific creature, she has as tormented as she feels she has made peace with the fact that she deserves this. And the massive creature reaches down and if you have your brink yeah you could spend your brink to re-roll I mean I could my brink doesn't really work with this though okay um I mean I could try I guess uh, remembering in her final moments, that she, in fact, murdered her husband with poison because he was cruel to the animals that she cherished so much. Holy shit. Four. Oh my god, if you pull this in. <laughs> <laughs> and she at least finds peace, additional peace in that fact that she tried. And she tried to save many, but it's a price she pays when the whole class is punished. And the creature <laughs> picks her up and like a rag doll by her head shakes her and snaps her neck. Where she is then dropped to be food for the masses. Mm. Torn apart by the the cats. Well, let's move over to to John, who is in the midst of a conflict between two two parts of himself now. What does John want to do? You've got the gun in hand, and you've been blasting some away, but you're also feeling something else. So, so. Uh, John's extremely conflicted and he starts imagining his consciousness as a teetering light bulb that's 
flashing in and out as it's losing power. And he can tell he's crossing over into what he doesn't know. But he has the gun in hand and feels the heat emanating off of it. He looks down, has a little bit of consciousness is still there to just check, and he sees one more bullet left. He turns it up onto his chin. He thinks, thank God I have one more. And then he thinks for a second, boy, I kind of like this feeling. All right, well, let's roll the let's roll the brink then. See what happens here, because that's a that is what you're doing. Your brink, right? Yeah. Remember, your brink is part of who you are, so in a way, it's resisting your brink. Six. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Really. <laughs> okay. So you describe what you you. I mean, well, actually, I have narrative control right. since okay. you're not unless you're unless you're sacrificing yourself unless you're going to die one way or another. Is that oh, what you're yeah. trying to do right now? You're either gonna go give a let your consciousness go and become say. the beastle. You like the mystery of it? Yeah, I want to say. I'll, I'll, I'll say after you say what you're going to do. <laughs> um, the several of the the dog-like creatures seeing that you sort of stop with the gun move closer to you kind of in anticipation ready to tear you to pieces or are ready for you to join the pack in their hunt for the in their removal of the vile virus of nature that has sprouted in the middle of their home your friend or your for your companion Maddie who is an abomination to the the world that you are becoming a part of join join them in in helping to exterminate Maddie is what they're what you can sense that they're asking you it's like John's consciousness is fading back and forth, in and out. That teetering light bulb is flashing on and off in his mind. And he decides to let the, let the fur grow. Mm. Throws, the, throws the gun into the corner. Takes, and takes the bag off his muscles and arms to start pulsating and growing his back gets larger and his bones start growing and cracking and he's screaming from the pain of it shooting from the pain of it but goes over and gets the attention of the other animals and leads them into the woods well John's consciousness slips away and John is no longer John. Rather, he has become a, a beast like these other creatures. 
and feels compelled by the hunt. And so ends John's story. And the youngest of the group, Maddie, remains a bit of her at least, surrounded by by these monstrous creatures, these beasts that seem one side of nature, the other side of nature, the part that is forest and trees and wild growth is being overrun by these creatures. And Maddie is a force in a way that is resisting that. What would you like to do? She still has James in the branches of her fingers that, that shot out and that stabbed into his chest. And she... And she'll she'll shoot out another like basically she'll she'll shoot out her the fingers of her other hands to to try to stab at John. All right, yeah, roll a conflict. So uh, that is a four. Yep. Oop. Well, you are not going to succeed. So <laughs> go ahead and describe the final moments of Maddie. The, the the branches shoot out and and John's new form just sort of flashes to one side and just knocks her branches away, and she can feel it, there there's like a single pulse in her mind, and she and she thinks of Belinda, and she thinks she thinks of Jim, of James, and she thinks of the fact that once upon a time. She actually went to her absolute best friend's house and robbed her blind in order to get enough money to get drugs. I'm gonna burn my brick. Alright. I'm gonna burn mine at the same time with you. No, oh, no, yeah. no. Okay. This feels appropriate. Especially since in that part, as uh, John's running off into the woods. Well, you get to re-roll. Yep. Oh. Yeah, well, you can see them. Uh, six! <laughs> That's another fucking six. So, so like, like John, John kind of almost teleports to one side, teleports, teleports back. Her branches have been knocked aside. And then she just, I'm sorry. And the branches turn inward, so that she's holding both of them close and hugging them as her consciousness fades to black. Right. <gasps> Why don't you pull out, put out that last candle then? The world is dark. I guess we're about to to leave the fallout shelter and I I mean I just 
I mean, I was just in college like a week ago, and just, I just wanted to go back to me running with my friends, and just, I, I'm not, I don't know what to, I just don't know, I don't know, and I hear it, I hear it outside, and we'll be, we'll be alright, we'll be alright. This is John. My last name is uh, being disavowed at the moment. But to the fellow members of the 46th, I wish you well. I'm Maddie. Maddie Tucker. Ben Tucker is my dad. If you hear this, fuck him. Fuck everything. Screw him, kill him, and make it hurt. <laughs> Linda Johnson here, and you know, we might not go on, but life will go on.